0: It's time, finally, a show for you. A -a once-a-week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Hello, world! Welcome to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Spencer Stoner is here. Rob Nault is behind the big board and prepared to take your calls, and I, your not so humble host of all things Pop Culture Kaboom. Kaboom, not Kaboom. Kaboom, and I think that's a uh, um, Scandinavian for Kaboom. <laughs> kaboom. <laughs> Jimmy Jones, well, I'm here to run my mouth tonight. We will give you everything you want everything you need from pop culture entertainment with the latest news and information from the past week, and some sneak peeks at releases coming out for the next week. We'll also have our review at least uh Spencer and i will uh we'll have our review of Godzilla minus one spoilerful uh, very spoilerful um if you haven't seen it yet, too bad, but uh yeah, we saw it. It was fun. Um, I actually enjoyed it. I gave it a good, and uh, yeah, I'm sticking with it. I'm going to stay with a good, because uh, I really enjoyed it, um, and uh, and uh, we'll get into that later on. Yeah. So there's a
1: spoiler for a spoiler-filled review later. Yeah,
0: uh, so there's your first spoiler. <laughs> um, Eric's going, Eric's already, me and Eric have already been in conversation. Uh, Eric from what do you <laughs> call it California. <laughs> Uh, he's talking about uh, Castlevania right now. He's, yep. he's been watching the anime mm. on uh, Netflix. Uh, he saw the first Castlevania, which I did. I yeah. uh, hasn't seen Nocturnal yet. Um, yeah, Nocturne.
1: Uh, I'm only about through the first half of that one. It's not grabbing me as much as the first one did.
0: Yeah, the first one was good. Uh, well, that
1: was based off of my favorite one of my favorite games in the series too, Castlevania Three from the original and the NES. Yeah, yeah, and I loved that game, and and they did a pretty good job of it. Except, you know, they completely ignored one of the characters that are in the game
0: i they should i I just wish they would have given dracula some antidepressants for that because oh yeah man he was (laughs) did you watch castle no i have not seen that show yet he was just rather depressing through the whole thing Uh, no, he really was. It was just like, yeah. He, dude, he got come on. He, he was very that's,
1: scary at first, but uh, after that, he was just he, dude. Come that's
0: on, that's the whole
2: goth thing.
1: No, <laughs> it was beyond goth, man. This no. was like
0: he uh, he would have been on suicide yeah. watch if yeah, he, he could commit suicide. He, he went from being
1: scary goth to. Dude, you need some lithium. Some
0: serious manic depression there. I'm, <laughs> th- I'm surprised they didn't chain him to a wall to keep him from walking out in the sunlight. You know, that's, that's how bad it was. But anyway. Wow. <laughs> Even Eric's like, yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's all but, angel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Trevor Alucard and uh, and Cypher were all very
0: awesome. They were. And the, and the dynamic, the chemistry between the two characters was really good. So yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Even my wife enjoyed it. She watched it, oh, too. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, I made nice. her watch it. <laughs> now, I still haven't been able to get my wife absolutely to watch it yet. No idea what was going on Yeah, she never played the game <laughs> or anything but she enjoyed it um, so yeah we'll be uh, doing that um, so the pop culture boom radio show is also your place on the radio dial like Eric's doing to talk about your favorite fandoms um, and whether it be video games or television comic books movies uh, um, regular books uh, novels, uh, toys toys and collectibles yeah anything that you want to talk uh. about um, that is pop culture related. Uh, tonight we'll be joined by Quizmaster Scott of Sporkle Pop Qu- Pop Pub Quiz with Scott for our work weekly Sporkle Pub Quiz Question. Uh, you can claim yourself a prize uh, just by calling in and playing. Tony, Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, will be joining us to go over the coming movies releases. And our special guest this week is the founder and creator of Immortal Studios, Mr. Peter. Peiwan Shao. Immortal Studios is seeking to turn the page on superheroes with their OC Ya Ya powered Interconnected Story Verse of Martial Arts. You know why I didn't have much story prep this week? Because I've been too busy trying to pronounce all of that. Interconnected story verse of martial arts fantasy comic books, and we'll be talking with Mr. Peter Peiwan Shao about Immortal Studios and their latest Kickstarter for not one, but all four of their ongoing comic book series Uh, to add your thoughts comments uh, or talk about your favorite fandoms simply call 775-515-4141 anytime during the pop culture Boom radio show or if you're too shy for the phones you can send me a dm through the facebook page like eric is doing in whittier california still
1: arguing about chris pratt's quality as an actor
0: oh yeah i gotta get to that um so eric (laughs) brought up a interesting point because uh he uh, saw the Mar- Super Mario Brothers movie, um, and because uh, I just kind of railed against Pete, um, Chris Pratt, uh, because uh, my opinion of Chris Pratt is he, not as an actor in general, but as a voice actor, worst voice actor, him and uh, that other guy. Um, Patton Oswald. Yes. Worst voice actors on the planet.
1: Yeah, well, Patton Oswald, he's basically just got one voice. Yes. I mean, so yeah, is Chris Pratt.
0: Yeah. So, worst voice actors on the planet. Um, and Eric had a question. He says, I have a question. I've seen the Mario movie. Chris Pratt is not that bad in it. Um, I have not seen the Mario movie. Mainly because... Chris Pratt's opinion, in it. Well, <laughs> not because Chris Pratt in general is in it, but he is just one of the worst voice actors, and I don't want my childhood memories ruined. Yeah, so, actually, okay. my <laughs> big, It was actually a good movie, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: it actually wasn't bad. But my big complaint actually was Seth Rogen. And even he wasn't... Even he didn't annoy me too much, because he only did his stupid <laughs> laugh
0: once. Okay. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Uh, so I said I'd bring this up and he says that Mario uh, he thought that Mario was uh, good and I said okay yeah, I did that, like
1: that they had the theme to the old Super Mario Brothers Super Show and as their commercial for the plumbing company. Really? Yeah, uh-huh. that was pretty See, cool. Yeah, I saw that
0: trailer and that trailer wasn't that bad. Um, I said, uh, "Well, um, my biggest thing was, was of course, that uh, you know Chris Pratt is just the worst voice actor." And then I <laughs> pointed him out to watch the Garfield trailer. Mm. So, have you guys seen yes. the Garfield? Movie? I have
1: not seen it. I I just became aware of its existence like a week ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um yeah, it's it's just chris pratt the uh, sad thing about it is is that
2: bill murray's in it
0: really yes <laughs> like well, and he's not, not voice i know <laughs> that's exactly what i said bill, bill murray likes money <laughs> wow okay oof that's well, just well that's why i said know. i was like oh oh what <laughs> no that hurts to know yeah. it really does <laughs> i know right <laughs> oh, okay so anyway, um, so yeah, so Eric, let me know if you watched that Garfield trailer. I, I really want to know what your opinion is after that. It's not that like I said, like I said, it's not that Chris Pratt is a bad actor. He's just not a good voice actor in well, my yeah, opinion. he's not and, my favorite Chris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and you know, it's it, it, just being a, a good actor does not necessarily make you a good voice actor because I know. Uh, Peter Dinklage was the voice of uh, of the little, your little ghost. Uh, computer companion in the in the first Destiny game, and people thought he was very wooden. But you know, if you watch him in like Game of Thrones or Elf or pretty much anything else, he's been and he's a brilliant he's a brilliant actor. It just doesn't sometimes just doesn't translate to just singularly Wait, he voiced. He was a computer. Uh, yeah, he's the little hes the little uh, computer thing that, that resurrects you at the beginning of the story. Well, so maybe that's can... why he was wooden. That's kind of where I'm going with that. <laughs> that's, what
0: I, that's what made me think, Well, no, the, <laughs> the, the, well
2: um, the little
1: ghosts, they have their his... own personalities and stuff. So they have full personalities, oh, okay. but he wasn't really able to <clears throat> project it well because, you know, you, it doesn't have a face to have expressions with.
0: Uh, so people well, thought
1: the... it was very wooden because he couldn't
0: even well, er, even well, Eric says Bill not Garfield that ruined it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well yeah Bill uh, the only reason Bill Murray did the original Garfield movies cuz he thought he was going to be working with the Cohen brothers. But yeah. he didn't but he didn't realize it was the wrong Cohen. Uh, <laughs> that huh? he was
0: working with. What, which Cohen brother was
1: it? It wasn't. It was just somebody who had happened to have the same last name as Cohen. Oh, okay. Well there you are.
0: Um so yeah um who directed the, the, the Carpenter um, movies. So, you know what? Uh, Seth MacFarlane actually is a better voice actor than I thought he was.
2: Oh, yeah. He's uh, oh,
1: like
0: he half a dozen lot. people
2: at least. Huh? On, he has a lot. He can sing in the other
0: voices, I know. which That's, to me it,
2: is amazing. It is. Uh,
1: that, like, that, oh. tri-
0: that tripped me out when I found yeah. out. I'm like, wow. Yeah.
1: Well, Listening okay. to him sing Cyndi Lauper songs as Peter Griffin is <laughs> funny. <laughs> you see your true colors. Shining through. Okay, let's yes, yes. sing no, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. All right, that's so- why I love you. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. You're, you're ruining Peter Griffin and Cindy Lauper for Rob oh, now. <laughs> good.
2: I have a special place for Cindy Lauper <laughs> because, well, because you guys know, like her uh, video. Um, girls just want to have fun yeah. captain lou albano oh yeah, yeah. i love captain lou he actually albano used to live yeah. down the street from my grandma oh really yeah and so yeah. we used to see him all the time <laughs> like yeah. and so he's like oh my god so did he always
0: have those rubber bands in his beard yeah those were part of his mm-hmm. shtick as captain lou well i know they're part t- of his yeah. shtick yeah. but at yeah. home did he have a oh movie? yeah well, he dressed, uh, he, was,
1: until, he was just as crazy until he shaved to be mario in the live action portions of the super mario brothers super show
0: wow okay Interesting. So all we right. bring it all around again. So you can send me you know, a <laughs> DM through the Facebook page if you don't have time to comment during the show uh, but would still like to comment. You can reach us 24-7 by sending an email with the questions, comments, or concerns to popcultureboom at com and follow these simple but very important instructions in the subject line. Put question, comment, or concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your first name, no last name, is necessary, and I will not read email addresses on the air. Because we do not dox on this show. Yeah, that is correct. Also, uh, include the city and state or the country that you live in. Then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If you have a specific question for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, emails are read on the air unless you specify for it not to be or you cannot follow Oh, Eric's saying N- just no, just no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got him to agree with you on one thing at least. <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so um, I guess the uh, there was the on Wednesday there was the open house uh, here at KNBC yes. 95.1 FM, and uh, it sounded like it was a huge success. Yeah. Unfortunately, I ended up uh, not being able to show up, but you guys were here, so yes. oh, yeah. thank you for representing. Yeah, we got I to meet a lot it. of people, oh, uh, yeah. people that listen to our show, people that didn't listen to our show, but now no, they will, will probably. and stuff like that. So they better be listening right now. <laughs> so if you are, hello and thank <laughs> you again. <laughs> yes, so, thank you. So, and uh, you said uh, one, one person who does listen to the show said something. S- uh, yeah,
1: said that, uh, that we, they go, we thought you were teenagers or something. <laughs> it's like, uh, maybe in maturity level. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, And then I got to really geek, uh, Star Trek geek out with a guy while I was talking to. It was awesome.
0: A Star, oh. Well, we
1: talked Star Trek, everything from the original series through the movies to the. To oh, the, really? Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, bad news on that front. I don't know if you heard, but it looks like there probably will not be another season of. What's that? Strange Seth? New Worlds? No, the Seth MacFarlane one. Oh, uh, Orville. Yes. Orville. Uh, yeah. There won't be a season four of Orville, it looks like. Yeah, so know, it was. Well, that was lasted. really popular. Yeah, uh, see, I see. I I tried to watch it, but it was just like I just. Well, it,
1: it it started out very Family Guy ish humor, but but it it evolved to be a really good uh, Star Trek type style show with some with more humor in it. That's all. It 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 got away from feeling. It got felt less and less like Family Guy and more and more like Star Trek as it went along.
0: Yeah. Hmm, okay. Good. Um. But not. But apparently he's uh, very, um, I'm trying to find the right word that I can say on air, (laughs) very um, controlling when it comes to uh, doing the writing. Oh, yeah. So that's why there's uh, such delays with with the episode or the Mm. seasons coming out. And uh, so that's why they don't think there will be another season um, with uh, with how things are progressing, oh yeah. So
1: his nerd sensibilities were very important to him on this one, I, I guess. guess so.
0: Um, but anyway, so uh, thank you everybody that did come out, and uh, for those that came out and uh, enjoyed listening to the show. Um, uh, sorry I wasn't here. I'm glad you got to meet Robin and Spencer though, and uh, for those that are now just tuning in, um, welcome, and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Uh, for everybody else, uh, um, there here's some other stuff that is upcoming. Uh, KNVC 95.1 FM's very own Canyon White will be having a very special event at a to zin here in Carson City, Tuesday, December 5th, 12.30 p.m. to one thirty p.m. This will be a very special interview and Q&A session with award-winning singer-songwriter Lacey J. Dalton. Mm-hmm. You know who Lacey J. Dalton is? I've heard the name. No? Man, I don't even listen to country music and I know who she is. Yeah. Uh, you are encouraged to attend for free. This is a very special recorded event. And if you cannot attend the recorded performance... Interview will be broadcast right here on KNVC 95.1 FM's The Canyon Club, Thursday, December 8th, 2023, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, you know, she's won some Grammys and stuff oh, like cool. that. So um, very huge thing. Um, congratulations to Canyon White and The Canyon Club uh, for getting this interview. And I encourage, if you have uh, nothing to do on Tuesday, December 5th, um it is free at to in here in Carson City, twelve thirty PM to 1.30 PM. Uh go down and uh ask Lacey J. Dalton some questions and oh, they're going to be uh um, premiering her brand-new single, too, by the way. So oh, Very cool. Uh, there are now 279 days until Carson City, Nevada's first-ever pop culture and comic book convention, KaboomCon, 97 and Now Productions, will be putting on KaboomCon Saturday, September seventh, twenty 2024. Yay, we got a little uh, fanfare for that. Uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., follow KaboomCon on Facebook to keep up with details on all of the entertainment and activities that will be taking place throughout the day and who will be at KaboomCon 2020-24.
1: Yes.
0: a portion of the proceeds from KaboomCon will go to Cold Nose Rescue and Sanctuary in Mount House and KNVC 95.1 FM Community Radio and tonight Mark Helton from 97 and Now Productions will be making a surprise visit when i don't know but he will be calling in oh that's a
1: surprise surprise. yeah (laughs) Yeah, uh, i
0: know it'll be a surprise visit i just don't know when so that's the surprise and he has uh surprise 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 remember gomer pie would say Mm surprise
1: surprise surprise yeah Yeah.
0: we're teenagers i can quote stuff like that yeah um (laughs) and he has some big announcements about kaboom con to share with us and some information about the remaining episodes of murphy's inc as well episode 13 titled fix it is on tonight after the pop culture boom radio show which means there are only two more episodes left after tonight so you definitely want to be uh tuning in to hear what he has to say at some point Indeed. during the uh, show so yeah uh so let's uh talk real quick uh because we only got a couple minutes here and uh the big story is uh Rather lengthy, and it has to do with Star Wars. Mm. <laughs> so we'll get to that after uh, uh, we we talk with uh, Scott. But uh, let's talk Godzilla. Let's talk Godzilla. One. So <laughs> let's start off with that. <clears throat> and uh, first off, I want to say about Godzilla minus one. Uh, Godzilla minus one as uh, breaks a box office record with its domestic debut. Uh, per deadline, Godzilla Minus One has opened at the de- domestic box office with 11 million. This sets the new record for 2023's largest opening for a foreign movie, overtaking the 10.1 million haul garnered by Demon Slayer Ketsu no Yaba in March. As the film's release kicked off the final month of the year, it's unlikely to have this record dethroned by another movie. Film before January. Mm -hmm. This also follows Godzilla Mice One's record breaking records with its initial release in Japan grossing 1.04 billion or 7.8 million in US dollars during its first 3 days. 1.2 million of that was from 49 IMAX theaters, which is the large opening largest opening for a Japanese live action film in this format. Wowzers. So, um let's talk a little bit. Um uh so spoilers if you don't want to hear this, uh tune out for the next 2 minutes. Um just turn tune it down or just hum some Christmas carols or something. Um, so Spencer, uh, what were your thoughts on Godzilla minus one?
1: Well, Godzilla looked awesome. I mean, it's interesting how he looks different between the uh, you know the the uh, Kong versus Godzilla versus the Toho Godzilla. It, it's interesting how he's a lot more bottom heavy in the Japanese ones. Always, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just really cool. And I I like how they did, they did it in this time. They didn't make him look. Pretty as a Godzilla. He looked ugly. He looked barnacled. He looked like he was ready to mess stuff up. And and that's what I want on my Godzillas.
0: All right. And uh, the film itself? The film itself
1: actually wasn't bad at all. I mean, Godzilla was in enough of it to keep me me happy. And even the plucky human storyline wasn't terrible
0: no actually the storyline was actually really good i mean uh, considering it was post world war ii japan Mm -hmm. um the filmmaker um he could have gone out of his way to make it the uh, blame and shame game Um, but he didn't Um, he focused it around the actual people uh, not the uh, blaming governments for you know the war and blah blah you know war bad people bad you know and 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 he didn't do any of that yeah
1: that was one thing i liked it wasn't a government solution that finally stopped godzilla at the end it was the people getting together to do it on their own
0: uh no, not even Godzilla, the boxer version, um, Eric. It was he, he was he was a heavyweight, but man, he was he was thick in the thigh. Oh, It was, yeah. it was yeah. thick thigh Godzilla back. Yeah, and his atomic breath was mean in oh, this one. Wow, um, was it ever mean? Um, but we'll get back to more of that when we come <laughs> back. Um but right now we gotta take a hard break. When we get back, it'll be Sporkle Pub Quiz time with Scott. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more Pop Culture Boom Radio show. And we'll finish up with our little review of Godzilla minus one when we get back. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Loom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And it is Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott Time. And joining us right now is the Pub Quiz Master, Scott. And how are you? i got to say one thing real quick. Uh, um, Yeah, Eric, if any movie ever uses the Matthew Broderick Godzilla... (laughs) As a reference for any film, then yeah, I would totally rail on that movie for using very poor (laughs) judgment. I still have my Godzilla cup holder from that movie. Okay, yeah, I, I, that's, I, that's
1: fine. But I love how Godzilla took that Godzilla out in one shot in Godzilla Final Wars.
0: And it needed to. And that was the funniest <laughs> scene in that movie. Absolutely. So, But anyway, hey, Scott, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. So uh, it is uh, pub quiz uh, time with Quizmaster Scott. And to participate in the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott, anyone can participate. All you have to do is answer the trivia question correctly. If you get it wrong, we we have to hang up on you, but you can call back until we have a winner or until the show ends, whichever comes first. What will you win? Well, we have you 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 will have your choice of a gift certificate from Dreamwell Comics or a pair of movie passes a... To- Galaxy Theaters to see Aquaman 2 The Lost Kingdom on Thursday December 21st Woo!
3: Yay!
0: <laughs> uh, both, Yay. Uh, both of those businesses are here in Carson City so you have to live in Carson City or the surrounding area and no I will not fly you out uh, and with only 21 days until Christmas either prize would make a great Christmas gift
1: Indeed. so
0: yeah um, with that being said alright Scott what what. What is the question of this week?
4: This week's question is, Which actor narrated the voice of an older Ted Mosby on the sitcom How I Met Your Mother? Okay. And your choices are, A, Josh Radnar, B, Ed O'Neill, C, Fred Savage, D, Bob Saget, or E, Jason Siegel?
0: Okay, I got to be perfectly honest. I have never seen how I met your mother.
2: <laughs> you didn't miss much. It wasn't all Okay.
0: Bad. How long was that on? Too long. That was okay. 9 seasons. Yeah, I was. 9 that, seasons? Yeah. Holy. Yeah, it should have ended long. 2
2: years early
1: because the very last episode that basically reset everybody like 2 years <laughs> What? It makes no sense. Makes no, yeah, don't don't bother.
2: If it took no, him play. nine years to meet his mom, like how many years were they actually married? Like, I mean, seriously. Well, apparently, like, <laughs> apparently,
1: about twenty, about about ten minutes, according to the show's timeline. <laughs> oh, we got a caller.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, well, that was quick. Okay, um, can you hold on? A second? Actually, I, uh, well, yeah, uh, go to the top. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Uh, did you want to try and answer that trivia question? I do. Okay, who is awesome. this, and where are you calling from? This is Thomas
4: uh,
5: at Dreamwell, actually.
0: Oh, Thomas at Dreamwell. All right. Okay, so the question is, which actor narrated the voice of the older Ted Mosby on this sitcom, How I Met Your Mother? Uh, A, Josh Radner. B, Ed O'Neill. C, Fred Savage. D, Bob Saget. Or E, Jason Segal. D, Bob Saget. Wow, and you win. What would you like? Would you like a gift certificate for Dreamwell Comics since you're already there? Or would you like to see Aquaman The Lost Kingdom?
5: Actually, I'd like to see Aquaman. I'm going to take Robert with me.
0: Oh, well, nice. okay. A twofer. All right, then uh, you will be going to see Aquaman. Congratulations.
4: congratulations awesome congratulations
0: and uh, since you're there at dream World comics leave your information with Robert and I will make sure actually I'll I'll be uh, getting those tickets to Robert uh, so that I uh, just meet him on uh, he'll let you know when exactly what time uh, to be at the theater.
5: awesome sweet
0: all right well congratulations sir and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. You, you too. too. All right, right, Scott. That was quick and fun. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well,
1: hey, I, yeah, I'd say that's probably a record. Uh, that's probably the quickest question has been answered so far.
0: Yes. Well, and again, because uh, I asked uh, Rob and Spencer before. Hey, you know what? I'm going to not ask you guys beforehand anymore. I'm going to have you uh guess along along and then I'll off air let you know if you're right or not. But again, <laughs> Spencer guessed right. So, so far, Spencer is undefeated. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah, but, but Rob did get it right to the, this yeah, week. Yeah, Rob wrong.
0: got it as well. So, but so far Spencer has not, and uh, uh, you would have gotten it wrong uh, there, Eric. He he guessed B Ed O'Neill.
1: Oh, yeah, great Al Bundy, but not uh, not Ted Mosby.
0: But Scott, <laughs> since I got you on the phone, I know you're a huge yes. Godzilla fan. You're the number one person in America as far as uh, Godzilla is concerned. Uh, what was your thoughts on Godzilla minus one?
4: I enjoyed it. It's now one of my top three. Three. Yeah. Wow. what are the right. what are the
0: other two
1: out of curiosity
4: uh uh first one will always be the original that one will always mm-hmm. hold a special place in my heart uh, the japanese or versus... the Ra-
1: or the Raymond or Burr version
4: no uh <laughs> the the nineteen fifty four japanese version that the okay. Raymond version and then um Godzilla Destroyer is my second.
0: Okay, uh, I could uh, not understand what you just said.
1: Godzilla versus ya. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> All I heard was Godzilla destroy-a! I was like, I, I, I didn't know if you just got electrocuted or what happened to you. So <laughs> you just saw Destroyer
4: <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yeah, okay. Good so, but
4: yeah. but yeah, it was a it was a great movie. Um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I loved the little nods to different Godzilla movies. Mm um the first being of course Godzilla versus King Ghidorah um and then uh there's some uh Shin Godzilla in there but but not a lot There was isn't a lot of Shin Godzilla or actually
1: Monica, uh but... my, my brother and I loved that uh when Godzilla was walking around on land his tail was doing the s shape like it was still being hung by a wire so, <laughs> Yeah, even though he's completely CG now so that we thought that was pretty awesome
0: <laughs> see i that was the only problem i had with the movie was the inconsistency in the cgi i, I mm. wish they would have had a better budget so that they could have been more consistent with it well it was as the consistent goods, as marvel <laughs> all the good cgi that they showed were in the trailers mm-hmm. um if they would have showed if they would all the cgi throughout the movie would have been consistent i would have enjoyed this a lot better mm-hmm. um and and I, was, I I actually saw it with Scott. I didn't discuss it really with him because you know how I am when I go oh, yeah. see a movie. I don't discuss it then because I save it for the show. Uh, yeah,
1: and uh, and you kind of like almost disappear pretty much right as, after the credits are done. I mean, pff.
0: yeah, a uh, phantom. Um, oh, I need you need to I need to what? Um, oh I know I see this commercial with he, he's talking about. Uh, there's a um, Jason Momoa versus. Uh, Henry Cavill Muscle Flex commercial? I
1: don't know. Mm. I haven't seen it.
0: Me neither. I saw one of
1: Chris Hemsworth in, in Momoa.
0: Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I, we were talking about it right before we went to commercial break. And uh, so, yeah, the, I liked how they uh, they told the story, and it was it, it was a very interpersonal story with the characters. Mm-hmm. So I liked how they actually told a really decent Human story this time around, yeah, that interweaved with the Godzilla, and not just kind of was separated from the Godzilla yeah, story. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The interconnectivity is pretty novel for a Godzilla movie. Yeah,
0: and um, and mm. but they didn't really go into explaining much about the guy. He just like. Showed up on this island one day. Oh, the, the the natives call him Godzilla. Well, why and where the hell did he come from? Yeah. Nobody actually gave an explanation <laughs> or nothing. Yeah. Uh, they just that was that was kind of his origin right there. He just shows up out of yeah. out of yeah, yeah, the kind cool of the ocean. See,
1: it was kind of cool to see Godzilla about T Rex size and then yeah. full Godzilla
0: size. Yeah, well, after the atomic bomb, <laughs> after the atomic bomb, uh, yes. But they did tie in the whole atomic bomb thing there. Yeah. Um, they did tie in that you know his atomic breath every time he did use it messed him up oh yeah and, his
1: spines got bigger and bigger every time
0: no actually when it came out of his mouth oh yeah yeah, he was all, and everything uh, was all flamed yeah. on and then when they blew up the mine in his mouth like the jaws scene with the uh oxygen tank or the uh you know the oxygen tank in it, yeah. you know in his mouth um they gave him a Deadpool level healing factor because his mm-hmm. like his eyeball and everything like instantly healed. It's like okay, mm-hmm. he's Deadpool now. And and then I made a reference to Scott at the end of the mo- when we were walking out of the theater that only older people would understand. It's like it because uh, I was like making these jokes. You know how I am. I was making these jokes. It's like uh, at the end of the movie when um, the plane flew into Godzilla's mouth and blew his head off, mm-hmm. um, and all of a sudden he. He started falling apart, and there's the Pink Floyd laser light show with the beams coming out of him. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and he saw falling apart. I'm like, what do you hold up Medusa's head? Um, so, you know, like the Kraken. Oh, yeah, from, yeah the cracking from Clash of the Titans. Yeah. yeah. Nobody would have gotten that um, except old people. Yeah. So, and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> but so it was like that, and, and that I really did not understand. I mean, it was like, okay, and, and that, and the fact that, if he was, like, above a trench that was 1,500 meters high, how is he waist-level in water?
3: <laughs> I
0: don't get that.
1: Oh, yeah, they, they they threw a mild amount of BS at that for t- talking about equivalent buoyancy. No. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's say, like, okay.
0: Yeah. If he's swimming around... <laughs> he is not standing waist high I, I, in water. I, I wholeheartedly okay?
1: agree, but still, when was, the boats were coming, they gave that's us thats what I
0: said. When the boats were coming at him, yeah. too, I was like, "Okay, if the boats were co- when the boats were coming at him, like, okay, they're not sinking him fifteen hundred meters if he's standing there in the water. That's not happening." Well,
2: but you know, he was just the, treading water. Well, let's no,
0: start. he wasn't treading nothing. Well, he was standing well, there.
2: Our resident Godzilla <laughs> expert. Did they show Do you have his a... feet under the water? Yes or no. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, a
1: resident Godzilla I, expert. What, what what's your take on this?
4: Did you see how big his I'm feet were? I'm just saying. I did see how big his
1: feet were, yes.
4: <laughs> those were, those were giant sized feet. Uh maybe that helped him a little bit. But you know what? Uh birds come from dinosaurs. Godzilla's a dinosaur. Maybe dinosaurs float like ducks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So he was he was done. Uh, 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 Duckzilla, you know, calm on the surface, his legs are paddling like matter knees. Right, you know, I he
2: is—he is a tripod with the tail. Oh, so, okay. depending on where the water and all that, you know, he could have a good float.
1: Oh, well, yeah, you know, for all we know, his tail could be hollow. You mm-hmm. could be floating on it like a boat. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh okay. Eric saying he's standing okay. on a sandbar. <laughs>
2: No, 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 He's standing thought. on the ship he crashed earlier. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Oh, he
1: vaporized. No, he vaporized those ships. Oh, yeah. Now no, no, all I'm seeing
2: is his atomic breath with a
1: giant quack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, You know, I've seen Godzilla fly,
4: and I've seen him do uh, jump kicks, where he just slid like about two miles across the ground. So. Oh, yeah. I love that wheelie
1: kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and.
4: Him floating in the water is not, is not something that breaks. That breaks. Right, right.
2: That's the least of your concerns.
1: <laughs> oh, I just love it, the old 70s movies where Godzilla would actually turn to the camera and just go <sighs> in frustration.
0: That's kind of what I'm doing right now. Okay, but anyway, I thought it was a really good. They did a really good job, except for the logistics of the uh, logic break and all of that. And at the end when they showed the... Uh, and uh the, like I said earlier, the uh deadpool level of uh, healing factor that they gave him because the yeah. got and now now my only question is because there there's about a billion Godzilla chunks, um, but they showed one you know with a little heartbeat and starting to grow just one or is there like a million little Godzilla chunks well, now floating well, around becoming Godzillas?
1: well only one was in a ziploc bag you see because all the rest are freeze two freezer burned to regenerate.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, because
1: um, in the original Godzilla, they used an oxygen destroying bomb. Okay,
0: we're basically, not talking about the original Godzilla. No? we I'm so, so, talking so, about this one.
1: Yeah. So, so in the updated version, they used Freon gas. To, that, that that and the bubbles would actually force him down, you know, fifteen hundred feet, and then they shot him back up with CO two to basically do an explosive. No, with water
0: wings. <laughs> yeah. They used water wings.
1: <laughs> yeah, CO two water <laughs> wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and boy they did a good job of showing that that messed him up
0: yeah well yeah, i but mean so. but
1: you know godzilla's tough it didn't kill him no so but yeah but but then of course like you said he has dead he, he's now godzilla pool
0: yeah he'll <laughs> be wearing the costume next next movie uh, actually do you think there will be another one Oh, I'm sure oh yeah, guys.
4: I heard it's uh, doing pretty well in yeah. the box office. I mean, it was only made for fifteen million dollars, and I think it's it's blown that. Uh, yeah, it made of it, it
0: already made uh, eleven million and domestically here in the U.S. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and uh what, what did I read about it? Um, yeah, and can you believe Godzilla's been around for seventy years now? Yeah, um, wow! It, I, I, we were raised on it, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've yeah, watch been watching Godzilla all 60. our lives. Yes, so. Yeah. <laughs> literally yeah. and Star so, trek's been over around,
1: over for over fifty um so yeah i so, mean uh the, so he's uh, updates even both of those it's amazing
0: I mean Godzilla's already made its budget and then some so indeed mm-hmm. um it'll it, but uh so any predict any predictions on the next Godzilla toho Godzilla movie will they stick with this uh formula with uh, Godzilla or will they uh, make another shin Godzilla or what do you think
4: i Really have no idea what they're going to do. Um, I I think they might um, do got various Godzilla movies throughout the, the decades. Maybe maybe they'll do one in the the sixties uh, Japan where where Mothra shows up and Godzilla returns or something like that. But I think I think they're going to bring back the other
1: monsters for him to fight in the yeah, next one. That, that's one thing about Toho. Continuity has never been a major concern of theirs, so they can just kind of no, go anywhere. Really.
0: <laughs> That's true. All right. Um, do you think the next one they'll keep Godzilla as this kind of horrific monster, like they did with this yeah. one, or they're going to him back to his villainous roots, or are they going to be uh, yeah. turning him back into a uh, heroic creature? Oh, by the way, they released the uh, Godzilla X Kong yeah v- um, um, with the Red Godzilla. Today. Was it red or pink? It looked pink to me. It looked pink to me. Yeah, it looked pink to me, and I was like, and then the old team-up Godzilla and uh, Kong with the uh, weird kind of mitt yeah, glove like, thing going like metal, on. Like metal hand. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on with that, but uh, and I'm like, okay, they just, uh, like, Toho's going back to its roots with Godzilla, and now the, the American version's turning him into the 70s goofy Godzilla. So
1: <laughs> well, it makes sense. they are kind of going through they're truncating it, but they you know they did the destroy all monsters, and now they're doing crossovers, so I, yeah
0: I, I expect to see the uh flying uh, Godzilla kick in this uh in oh, this, I hope so Godzilla well, X-Kong. They,
4: they gotta sell toys, so you know.
0: Oh, and the worst I mean, CGI-looking uh, orangutan baby I have ever seen in my life, <laughs> wasn't it? Oh man, that was a horrible-looking CGI.
1: <laughs> maybe if they go, maybe if they like put it in Chicago or something. Maybe we, we can do. They can use the Sears Tower like a turnbuckle. No,
0: this thing was. Yeah. Uh, this was horrible. I mean, it was just horrible CGI. Anyway, thank you, uh, Scott. Um, uh, Sporkle pub quiz with Scott. Uh, tune in next week and we'll have more stuff to give away. so yep. uh, and, uh, and another question for you. Hopefully it won't be answered in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right thank I'm you Scott. A harder one. Uh, well it was hard for me, apparently not the rest of the world. <laughs> um, but okay, uh, we'll talk to you okay. later. everybody else will be right back with more pop culture kaboom radio show. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And the featured speaker at Monday's Democratic Luncheon will be Michelle Rector, Executive Director of Seniors in Service, a nonprofit that engages over 55 volunteers from northern Nevada communities in its foster grandparent program, senior companion program, and respite voucher program. Seniors in Service is supported by AmeriCorps Seniors the State of Nevada Aging and Disability Services Division and donations from private individuals. The luncheon, which is open to the public, is scheduled for 1 p.m. on Monday, December 4th, and can be attended either in person at Black Bear Diner inside Max Casino or online via Zoom. For Zoom links, contact Rich Dunn at Aol.com. And the big story this week, um, this is an article by Joshua M. Patton, Um, I tried to edit it down as much as I possibly could, but it kind of gives a big gets into all of the nitty gritty information that is probably necessary um, for the uh, to kind of mm, wrap around the all of the thoughts and everything for the big story of the week. Um, And it kind of uh, starts out like this. Even before Disney bought Lucasfilm in 2012, Star Wars fans had strong feelings about the person in charge of creative decisions for the studio. Thus, when news broke that Dave Filoni earned a promotion, fans expressed either concern or relief for the future of Star Wars. However, this is clearly good news for the entire galaxy far, far away. Ever since Star Wars The Force Awakens fans have been torn about the direction the largest saga should go some wanted ray skywalker to come uh, by her name genetically as the progeny of luke and some and some other figure what Others embraced the idea teased in Star Wars: The Last Jedi that Rey was a nobody, just some random kid chosen by the Force to save the galaxy, and some just one of those movies just forgotten, like me.
1: Yeah, the thing that about the the nobody about the nobody thing that's kind of hard to pull off in Star Wars when you have the guy who is an, has the, when you have the guy who has the ice cream mixer as a name. <laughs>
0: Ice cream mixer.
1: in uh, Empire Strikes Back, Back you know when, when they're
2: evacuating Cloud City, yeah, it's not that she didn't have a name, it's just that she wasn't anybody of interest to anything
1: well I uh, yeah, I know <laughs> i I get that, but it's just it's it's kind of hard it's kind
2: of a hard sell in uh,
1: how they no, set up not. the universe mm-hmm. to me and, and yeah I didn't no, uh, I liked... that's
2: that's, that's kind of like how Luke was how we were introduced
1: to Luke oh well, yeah yeah so. I'm, I'm not saying it was a deal breaker. I'm just saying it was just kind of
0: unusual. See, and I, that, I didn't feel it was sold well. Thus, but that's that just was me. the problem with the host sequel movies. They used too much of the first three movies as a template to go forward instead of coming up with an original idea. Well, well, yeah,
1: well, well they took the original idea and threw uh, George Lucas's original idea and threw it in the garbage.
0: Well, or or use it as toilet paper. And uh, so and that's part of the problem. Hmm. Anyway, um, others embrace the... Air, blah, 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 blah. This ultimately represents two distinct storytelling philosophies. Uh, the first is that it, it's all connected and that each character... Yeah, it was kind of the smallest universe... Smallest galaxy in the universe. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, well,
1: it's like, well <laughs> it was like that in the original Extended Universe, too. It's like yeah. everybody and their dog knew Remember Han Solo. Remember, Leia was the
2: only woman yeah. in the yeah.
1: galaxy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: She was like Smurf Fat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, a character who appears in the uh, story has a deep connection to the saga's past. The second is the opposite. Some fans want new stories about new characters. I do. Seeing this as the uh, best way to expand the Star Wars out of the Skywalkers and George Lucas's massive shadows.
1: And the Mandalorian How? kind of sold that idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, however, with Dave Filoni's promotion to chief creative officer at Lucasfilms, he's effectively replacing his previous title of executive creative director. In words of uh, somebody, I'm going to try and pronounce that from the from that old El Paso, old El Paso commercial. Uh, Why don't we have both? Uh, Dave Filoni was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1974, just three years before George Lucas changed cinema forever with Star Wars Episode IV, A New Hope. He studied at Edinburgh University, a prominent art school just an hour or so north of the city. Uh, From there, he got his start in animation, working on such series as King of the Hill. Timo Supremo, and an early role with Disney working on Kim Possible. Cool. However, his first opportunity to flex his storytelling muscles on an animated series steeped in a rich, rich fantastical mythology that introduced kids to a brand new universe was Avatar The Last Airbender. feloni often talks about how he got his role at Lucasfilms while working on that series like most kids his yep. age.
1: One of my absolute favorite shows ever, Avatar The Last Airbender
0: like most kids his age the first star wars trilogy was a transcend transcendental moment however unlike many adults his age he also adored the prequel trilogy too <laughs> true in fact when uh, go- when got when got the call uh, inviting him to interview at Lucasfilm, he was working on of all things a PloCon cosplay to where to the premiere of star wars episode 3 revenge of the sith He also thought the call was a prank from some colleagues who (laughs) knew that that telling stories in the Star Wars universe was a dream. He spent the next few years essentially working as George Lucas's personal storytelling Padawan learner. While Lucas uh, only wanted to tell new stories set in between the final two films and the prequel trilogy, he'd often suggest bringing other characters from the expanded universe Another DVD extra reveals he had also convinced Lucas to make Darth Raven canon during the famed Mortis arc uh, of the series, only for Lucas to decide against it since the Sith didn't get live in the Force Between Death. Uh, When Lucas retired and Star Wars went to Disney, Filoni introduced the first project of that era, Star Wars Rebels. Mm -hmm. While the movies didn't necessarily need it, Star Wars The Clone Wars helped rehabilitate the Prequels for older fans that what really happened, ironically, can be explained by pointing to the other Star franchise. The first season of Star Trek Picard did have fan service, but only because the people making that show were themselves fans. Mm -hmm. Filoni saw both of Lucas's trilogies as the same story, and through Clone Wars and Rebels, he helped illuminate that connective tissue for the audience. As Lucas taught him, he simply wants to tell a good story, but the love he carries for Star Wars found its way into those narratives. One advantage Filoni has over younger fans is a sense of perspective. He was a fan before he was a storyteller. The connections he creates, however, can make it m- Seemed like an audience needs to watch everything to understand a show like Ahsoka. Yet he remembers what it was like to discover this galaxy when those connections were merely impl- implicit. As a kid, I watched A New Hope and heard about the Clone Wars and the Jedi Knights. He said to Entertainment Weekly, I didn't know what any of that was, but it didn't take away from from it for me. It just made me feel like there was a sense of history and depth to the storytelling. Specifically, this means when Balin skull stands looking at statues of the father and the son from the, from the Mortis Ark, the audience doesn't need to know who they are. The moment is meant to be mysterious. Even those who recognize the father and the son don't know why there are giant statues of them on Paradia. It's just that most modern fans don't know what it was like being forced to wait 25 years to learn what the clone wars were <laughs> stories like andor or the apocalyte can reference the other elements of the star wars canon without talking taking away from the substance of each show's particular story critics of dave filoni's promotion of chief to chief exec, chief creative officer suggests his influence will force legacy characters into stories where they don't belong they see Ahsoka Sabine or Bo-Katan appearing in live-action stories as evidence he's too beholden to the franchise's past to allow it to grow and evolve. However, his professional evolution from animation director to helming live-action series easily disproves this opinion. In the DVD extras on The Clone Wars, Filoni often talks about how George Lucas encouraged them to approach making that series as if it was live-action. Whether directing episodes of The Mandalorian or executive-producing Ahsoka, it only makes sense that Filoni would focus on characters with whom he was comfortable in stories. He's likely been thinking about for years. The stories currently unfolding in Star Wars Disney Plus series are their own thing, but they also help further connect the, dis, dis, the disparate trilogy eras. This this it's, isn't about making the galaxy small or even more cynical, corporate synergy. Rather, it's a way to show how the decisions and actions of the past affect the future and vice versa. It's nice The Mandalorian Season 3 continued the journey Bo-Katan started in the Clone Wars and carried over to Rebels, yet even without that narrative con- context, her journey in Season 3 was simply about the loss of faith and what it takes to recover it. The, po- uh, the ability to operate in two-story telling paradigms Simultaneously, is partly what makes Dave Filoni's promotion good news for Star Wars. New stories will still have the freedom to explore their own questions and philosophies. However, they will also fit nicely into the larger tapestry of the Star Wars saga. With any luck, these future stories will also fill in any gaps, as or Star Wars plot holes, or as many call them. With the sequel trilogy and or Andor was such a sensation for fans because it was so different from the Star Wars that came before yet it's also full of the of the kind of storytelling that critics suggest is uniquely Filoni's style. Uh, Cassian Andor saw Gerrard and Mon Mothma are, are all legacy characters who originated as small figures in a larger story. Their struggle to start the rebellion in earnest is directed, directly tied to the larger saga in massive ways and or is proof their approach can result in something that feels distinct from the rest of the saga, while still fitting nicely into the larger story. However, Dave Filoni's promotion to Chief Executive Officer at Lucasfilms will affect the future is an unknown. However, it is unquestionable good news for Star Wars fans across the spectrum. When Filoni was growing up, there were were just six hours of Star Wars for everyone, Under his leadership, everyone will have at least six hours of Star Wars that feels like it was made just for them. And that's the article. Thoughts?
1: Well, that's one thing I do like about having this new era of Star Wars is that they have stories that are fitting to everybody's different tastes. Like, I personally, I prefer, like, the the Jedi stuff. Like, I really liked... uh, Rebels from the Jaren and uh, with the Jaren storyline, story and Ezra, and then I really liked Ahsoka because it was it was focusing on Jedi the Jedi side of things. But then you had the Mandalorian, which basically went you know so far away from Jedi stuff and was kind of in the bounty hunter side of the universe. And yeah, so you can have all these different types of stories in this one type of universe. So it's very very interesting that you you can find something to your taste.
2: What no matter what it is, mm. uh, Rob. Uh, well, I'm. F- first off, I was concerned by the people who said they were concerned that Dave Filoni got this position. Like seriously, like this was like the the best news ever. Yeah, considering he literally um, trained under George Lucas for this. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I've been waiting for like an announcement that Dave Filoni. I was, I was actually hoping he was taking over Kathleen Kennedy's spot. Yeah, I was yeah. Hoping but that too. that's okay. <laughs> um, like when he, I read another article where he actually said that his role, because his his role kind of seemed like the same. Like if you like look at it, it's like almost the same exact role, but he's now involved before instead of after the developmental ideas so that's actually like fantastic because that means that there's gonna be more tie-in there's gonna be less plot holes (laughs) like there's gonna yeah um he's gonna have full control of that unit. like i in all honesty like they'd be stupid if they don't give him full control even like you know and just make kathleen kennedy a figurehead you know, well, like, <laughs> no, they, they should just
0: make her go away because, well, as long as she and uh, I don't think she's gonna go away. Eric actually asked, uh, Eric in Whittier, California, asks, is Mara Jaden in, in a new movie? No, no Eric, no. she went no. and she won't be, and here's yep. why because Kathleen Kennedy has already put her foot down a long time mm-hmm. ago that if it's not in a movie or uh, on in a TV show, it is not canon
2: anymore no but dave filoni is actually changing that and that's trying to he has changed that (laughs) like he's brought so many things that have been non-canon back into canon um so that's like the thing but i don't think that they will i think there's too many people that want to see it that i don't think it's going to be done right like and i don't think that
0: well i think they've already screwed things up too much to make it right that's why you know i mean like I, i
2: don't yeah i don't i just don't I see, like yes, there is, but I see it more being a introduction to her character than actually having her character. I think that would be a better like play because we kind of all know about Mara Jade, but like I think they would screw it up too much. Well, and that's kind and of so one if of they the just problems. introduce her, you know, it's like oh yes, she's in the universe, you know, like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you have that feeling, you know. Well,
1: and that's one of the big problems with this era is that there didn't really seem to be a big. Uh, if not a plan there wasn't a singular vision and that's one thing love it love it or hate it george lucas had a vision of how star wars worked and you and and you had that consistency throughout you know the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy with the sequel trilogy you had people going oh well that didn't work let's completely retool it in the middle of a trilogy
0: so- well i think part of the problem with the the sequels yeah, and, and they had
2: too many too many cooks well that and the directors like they would change the directors too often and the directors have
0: their own well, visions I and see it there that's the problem the yeah. directors had their own and vision so it, but there wasn't anything guiding it uh, exactly george lucas actually i i the original trilogy i don't think didn't, like yeah, else, lucas did the first one george lucas one.
1: directed the first one Erwin mm-hmm. I, I, kershner directed the second one and richard marquard directed return of the jedi right.
0: but they had a blueprint to go off Correct, yes. J.J. Well, Abrams did not have a blueprint no. for them to go off of. That's he, why he had to come in and He was going do off of one. these
2: directors' ideas of yeah. what they wanted to go yeah. off of, yeah. and then this story would be started, and then, oh, that director left for whatever known reason. We have a new director who, oh, well, okay, well, that's kind of all right, so let's change it to this way, and... Uh, ugh.
0: Yeah. And they viewed it afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you already shut the movie, and it's garbage. So, but yeah. we're gonna stick with it, and uh, yeah. So that that's where I I had the problem with it. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, and they should have had a blueprint for if they're gonna do a trilogy, have a blueprint for a trilogy before you start putting dra- and solid yes, directors. This is what you're gonna follow. Right. And that's what Marvel should be doing too. Mm-hmm. It's like this is our five year plan. This is our movie plan. Yeah. This is our arc plan. Right. Follow, you can yeah. do what you want with the character, but you better be following this arc, right? Yeah. With now the, they're doing with,
2: the uh, throwing the spaghetti at the wall and seeing
1: what think, sticks.
0: Think of the Harry
2: Potter movies. There was nine Harry Potter movies, yeah, and they like, followed a plan. You know, yeah, exactly.
0: Well, we got to go. Um, if you missed any part of the show, um, you can go and check out the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Brought to you by Ninety Seven and Now Productions, and we'll be back with more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. So Mary Jane Watson and the Black Cat are putting their friendship to the test in a new team-up series. Both ladies are former flames of Spider-Man, but have made a name for themselves separate from the wall-crawler. Black Cat has gone from common thief and criminal to a legitimate street-level hero, while Mary Jane has gained her own superpowers as the hero with the dumbest name, Jackpot.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, kind of an homage to the Face It Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. Boy, yeah, yeah
0: it was just goofy. Uh, their adventures in events like Dark Web have led to Marvel issuing the duo in a miniseries appropriately titled... Jackpot and Black Cat. Come March, Jackpot and Black Cat will work together to stop a blackmailer from Spider-Man's rogues gallery. The four-issue Jackpot and Black Cat is by writer Celeste Bronfman and artist Emilio Lasso. Bronfman pinned both of Mary Jane's first outings as Black Jackpot in Amazing Spider-Man number 925. Collector alert. And her first solo (laughs) outing as jackpot in a miniseries this January. The Eisner-nominated Black Cat and Mary Jane Beyond one-shot by former Black Cat creative team of Jed McKay and C.F. Villa was one of the first times readers got to see the two characters headline their own comic separate from Spider-Man. Now that Mary Jane is an up-and-coming superhero herself, they'll take their bond to the next level on an action-packed adventure To take down a villain that's blackmailing everyone, including Black Cat and Mary Jane. A description of the series reads, Tough choices and daring missions await as Mary Jane and Black Cat become entangled in a plot that's brought the world to its knees. The description adds, Look be the ladies. When someone blackmails Black Cat into into a public and blatant crime spree, Jackpot comes to her aid what classic spider-villain is behind the blackmail sown with history at least one of our titular heroines black cat and uh, i'm sorry jackpot and black cat number 1 arrives in stores on march twenty seventh, 2024 <laughs> collector alert uh-huh. uh, marvel's latest avengers book has already met its untimely end <laughs>
2: Already, huh? Oh
0: Already. Wow. That
2: was pretty quick.
0: Yeah, it was. You don't even know which one it is, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> In a recent... I because that's why it met an untimely end. In a recent post to his uh, Substack newsletter, Marvel Comics executive editor Tom Brevoort uh, revealed that Avengers, Inc. will be ending with its upcoming fifth issue. The book, which follows Janet Van Dyne, The Wasp, and Victor Shade only launched in September of this year. According to Brevort, the sales were not enough to keep the book going. Unfortunately, there weren't enough like you, so we will be wrapping up the series with issue number five. Brevort said in a response... Why didn't they just go to six and just call it a (laughs) miniseries? Brevort said in a response to a fan question about the future of Avengers, Inc. Avengers, Inc. kicks off with a deadly conspiracy rooted in the ghosts of the Avengers past that only founding Avenger Wasp can solve, but she won't be alone as she finds a new partner in Victor Shade. You know who Victor Shade is? Mm-mm.
2: Rob? No. no, I'm trying to place him. I, it sounds familiar, but I'm
0: like... Ah, this former alias of Vision Mr. Oh, okay. resurfaces just as Janet discovers score a score of supervillain murders. Will her gui- Will he guide Wasp to the truth, or is his familiar guys hiding the very clues Janet needs to crack the case her name is Janet Van Dyne she's a hero she's a celebrity she's hunting a killer his name is Victor Shade he's a villain he's an enigma he just got killed and together they're out to solve every mystery in the Marvel Universe starting with their own wait didn't you just say she was out to get him
1: yeah and he died
2: (laughs) I'm
0: very confused like it's um no she's a hero she's a celebrity she's hunting a killer yeah he's a villain he he's... his name is Victor Shade he's a villain he's an enigma he just got killed
2: okay well yeah. the way that you said it was sounded like when after you said she's hunting a Miller uh, murderer his name is Victor Shade <laughs> so like it sounded like oh. he was the murderer that's
0: I'm like okay. wait I'm very confused <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah well and that's why he's getting canceled after five episodes issues. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, all right, so all right, so let's talk about the upcoming comic books that are being released this week on December sixth, at least here I highlight in a moment issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors and investors. They don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion it after all, is only my opinion to keep this list to a minimum I do not include in it trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections hardcover, softcover volumes, or reprints. If you are an uh, independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at popcultureboom at gmail.com, put upcoming comics in the subject line, and include in the body of the email, the publisher name, the title of the book or books, when the book or books will be coming out, and their issue number, so I can add them in the future. First up, Archie Comic Public Publications has Archie Christmas Spectacular 2023 number 1 One-Shot Black Box Comics has Dead Detective, number one of five, with a wall-busting five cover variants. Boom Studios has Orcs, The Gift, number one of four, with three cover variants. Stuff of Nightmares, Sleigh Ride, number one one one-shot, with a bank-busting ten cover variants. Coffin Comics has Hell Witch Sacrilege, number one. Lady Death, Cyber Art, number one. Lady Death Masters, Dan Monzoa. Mendoza, I'm sorry, number one, Comics Experience Publishing has Miracles number one of four with three cover variants, Wire Fence number one, one shot with two cover variants, Dark Horse Comics has Star Wars, The High Republic Adventures, Phase three, number one with two cover variants, Time Traveler Tales number one, DC Comics has Batman, Santa Claus, Silent night with a K (laughs) number one of four with a wallet busting six cover variants Titans beast world tour Metropolis. Number one, one shot with three cover variants Titans beast world Waller rising. Number one, one shot with three cover variants devils do studios as mercy sparks. No more angels left to fall. Number one with four cover variants dynamite entertainment. Has legendary Red Sonja, number one one-shot with a bank-busting, nope, wallet-busting nine cover variants. Image Comics <laughs> has Bloodrick number one of three, Creepshow Holiday Special number three. <clears throat> no, no on, sorry, Creepshow Holiday Special 2023 one-shot with three cover variants. I got all these numbers mixed up all of a sudden. Our Bones Dust number one of four with two cover variants. Mad Cave Studios. Skeeters number one of four. Yes, they're talking about mosquitoes. Oh, okay. I was. There, there was an
2: old, like, really bad movie Skeeter called e, Skeeter yeah, yeah. I remember that.
0: <laughs> with the giant. Board, uh, <laughs> Did you know what Skeeters was?
1: Oh, yeah, I, I'm familiar with that. Being from being living in Idaho for seven years makes okay. you familiar with that. But then I was thinking of the Muppet.
0: Oh. Skeeter. Oh, okay. I yeah. You. So,
1: so it's like what? Why? Why would anybody want to make a comic of that muppet? You know,
0: I know two people, um, and I, I swear I, I'm going to convince them next year to be um, Bunsen and... Bunsen and Beaker? Yes. <laughs> nice. For, for Halloween. I, I, I that's, am not kidding. That's, uh, I don't, that you know, would be awesome. It, it, oh, it would. I'm going to take pictures and show you guys next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll see it. you'll die laughing. Marvel Comics says Marvel's Voices Avengers number one with three cover variants. Sentry number one with a wallet busting five cover variants. Thunderbolts number one. Boy, are they monopolizing on or yeah. trying to monopolize? Or uh, yeah, monopolize. you got the right word. I do. Yeah. Okay. On the uh um Marvel <laughs> on the uh, movie coming out mm-hmm. uh, with a bank busting ten cover variants. Ten uh,
1: cover variants.
0: Who do they think they are? Dynamite. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> Oni Press has Invasive number one of four with a of busting seven cover variants. And Scout Comics has Night of the Cadillacs number one. Night of the Cadillacs. And it's a Scout Legacy Edition. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever wanted to recreate your own Home Alone 2 Lost in New York? No. Adventure? No. no. Me neither. No. Thanks to the Plaza Hotel, though, you can, if you're so inclined. The iconic Midtown Hotel used in the film is offering a new Home Alone 2 Fun in New York package. Hmm. You can step over the homeless people and everything.
1: Yeah, if but, Tim Curry was involved, I would be interested. Yeah.
0: But. yeah. Uh, the package will allow hotel guests to experience New York City through the eyes of Macaulay Culkin's character, Kevin McAllister. Am I saying that right, mm-hmm. McAllister? Yeah, McAllister, yeah. I, yeah. I can honestly say I have yet to see a single... Home Alone movie. Haven't you seen the first one? I have never the seen first the first one. The first one was worth it after worth it. that. Okay. Um, all I know is Joe Pesci's in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's all I know. That's uh, so all you really need to know. Uh, this includes a four-hour private limousine ride that passes several film, filming locations from the film. You just drive past them. Guests will see there. There you go. Yep. <laughs> uh, the guests will see the uh, Empire State Building, Rockefeller Center, Central Park, uh, Carnegie Hall, and the Radio City Music Hall. Again, they, just from the car. I mean, yes, they want let you just win. from the limo. <laughs> um, and <there's> Maybe. So, <laughs> they can even enjoy a large cheese New York style pizza during the ride, as the pizza is included. Guest. Hmm will also get a Home Alone-inspired, over-the-top ice cream sundae delivered to their room. The sundae includes 16, 16 scoops of ice cream. Holy moly. <sighs> Cherries, M&M's, brownie bites, a choc- uh, chocolate, caramel, and raspberry sauce, I'm just going to tell them straight up I'm allergic to cherries and raspberry sauce. Uh, the best part, I'm not, but I'm just going to tell them that so I don't have it on there. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about... Raspberry? This... <laughs> Who puts
2: raspberry sauce, though? Like... Exactly.
0: That's why I'm allergic to it. Like, but the best part about so this package weird. is that it is not Christmas exclusive. The Plaza Hotel <laughs> is after offering it year-round. Huh. The package is subject to availability. Well, if it's offered year-round, how is it subject to availability? Because it's
2: probably one per like weekend or oh, something. Pooh
0: and is required to be booked three days prior to check-in.
2: Oh, there
1: you go. Mm.
0: Rates will vary. Make sure based they get the, the,
1: enough raspberry that's sauce.
0: That's why. Oh, well, see, I will show up if you don't have raspberry sauce. But how many people is it for? Because 16 scoops of ice cream, that's a lot
2: of ice cream. Yes,
0: it is. <laughs> Unless this is, like, little mini baby scoops, you know? Basking uh, Robin's eyes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where was I? Uh, rates will be vary based on room type. Also to note, the New York City limousine tour is not a guided tour, and the limo color will vary. The Home Alone 2 Fun in New York package is not applicable to group group, group bookings and cannot be combined with, uh, with other author offers.
1: So it is like a single person one. Yeah. Oof. Maybe up to two people, and for two right. people, sixteen scoops
2: is still a lot of ice cream. Dang! Um, and and then on top of cheese pizza, oof! Mm, yeah, New but, York I, style. I yeah, love New, New, New York style pizza. Oh yeah, though. you can't oh. be New York style pizza. But last time, like we went, um, I actually brought some home on the plane. I brought a whole entire like cheese nice. pizza home on the plane because <laughs> right. my coworkers were like, "I don't get it." I'm like, "Okay, I'll bring one home." Like. <laughs> <laughs> I brought one home, and they were like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Yep." Yeah,
1: one of my favorite places up in up in Reno, and it's unfortunately it's gone right it's, now. Yep. Is New York Pizza? Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, I guess I have to try it sometime. So here are the cons and events I was able to find going on worldwide the week of December fourth through December tenth. I cannot stress enough that if you do not go to these events. They will stop happening or will not return to your area. So if you're thinking, I'll go next week, next month, next year, they may not happen near you ever again, period. If one or more of these are near you, go check them out. And if they are not... Check your local game hobby and comic book shops for great events going on in your area. If you have or know of a coming or pop culture event coming up in your area, I, I can add to this list, please contact me at popculturegaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming events in the subject line and in the body of the email. Include the name of the event, the day or dates it will be running and where it will be taking place so I can add it to my upcoming list. And so that I don't conjure some demon uh, just close to Christmas, uh, Spencer's going to be taking the first one. Yeah.
1: December 6th through 10th is Frusia Leiki 2023 in the Hotel
0: Conrad in Krakow, Poland. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, December 8th through the 10th is Anime Frontier 2023 at the Fort Worth Convention Center in Fort Worth. Dallas, Texas. No, Fort Worth, Texas, not Dallas, Mm. Texas. December 8th through the 10th is Cosplay Expo 2023 at the Alexis Park All-Suite Resort in Las Vegas, Nevada. December 8th through the 10th is Daku Con 2023 at the Crown Plaza Denver Airport Convention Center in Denver, Colorado. December – and it's going to be cold – December eighth through the tenth is Echicon X Ex, Echi Expo, San Antonio twenty twenty three at the Embassy Suites by Hilton, San Marcos Hotel Conference Center Air, San Marcos, Texas. December eighth through the tenth is Permian Basin Comic Con X Holiday Edition twenty twenty three at the Midland County Horseshoe Arena. Horseshoe arena in Midland, Texas. See a theme here? They're all in Texas, December. And the funny thing is, is that they're so far apart that uh, <laughs> yeah, you'd never be able to get to both of them in the same weekend. Yeah. Uh, December eighth through the tenth is uh, Steel City Con twenty twenty three at the Monroeville Convention Center in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Then
1: uh, December eighth through the tenth, you have the Tokyo Comic Con twenty twenty three in the Makuhari Messe, Chiba,
0: Japan. December eighth through the tenth is Yamakon. <laughs> Sounds like an Adam Chandler song. Uh, 2023 at the uh, Le Conte. Oh, I I should have given this one to you.
1: Le Conte Center at Pigeon Forge in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Might as well keep going. And then uh, Game Summit Winter uh, 2023 will be on December 9th uh, in uh, Fairmont Baku Flame Towers in Baku, Azerbaijan.
0: December 9th is the Collectibles Show 2023 Niagara Falls Convention Center Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada December 9th is the Louisville Con 2023 at the Triple Crown Pavilion Jefferson Town, Kentucky December 9th is the Mid-South Toy Fest 2023 at the Great Hall and Convention Center in Germantown, Tennessee December 9th, Ocean City Comic Con 2023 at the Roland E. Powell Convention Center in Ocean 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 City Maryland and with the music coming up, that means it is time for us to take a hard break. When we get back, it will be movie time with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. So don't go anywhere. More Poco Chick Boom Radio Show I'm coming right back at you. welcome back to the pop culture boom radio show everything you want everything you need in pop culture entertainment and the film powers that be released dozens of movies each week some of which you will never hear about except for here thankfully <laughs> 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 and from each week's upcoming releases they are carefully picked over from rotten tomatoes and up to five films are selected from genres that i would watch and those genres are action adventure horror science fiction anime and fantasy and that is pretty much it with that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we're not professional movie c- critics. We're just overly opinionated blowhards. But Mr. Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews is... You can catch all of San Fili- Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews. Speaking of horrible reviews, Mr. Sanfilippo, how are you?
6: Oh, I'm doing good, buddy. i would just battling a uh nasty
0: cold this weekend oof i'm sorry to hear that um uh, did, did you get a chance to see uh godzilla i did one? i did not i've been sleeping a lot <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah cold uh, lots of rest lots of fluids <laughs> yeah. godzilla yeah.
1: you would not have been sl- sleeping through that one that one actually was was even with the human story was interesting yeah
0: surprisingly two right? over two hours long but it didn't feel two hours
1: No, I've read
6: great things about it. I know it it busted out with $11 in the box office. Uh, It's getting great reviews. Yeah. I even saw the new Godzilla Kong trailer today. I did see that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was talking about that earlier. Was that the most hideous-looking orangutan baby you've ever seen? man,
6: the baby Kong. I could do without that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here on the uh, Pop Culture Radio Show... We utilize a carefully crafted and patented Pop Culture boom movie rating system, which goes as follows. If it is worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, uh, not a great movie. it is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it is worth watching in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it seems worth seeing on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a Blah. And if it is deemed so awful, you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown since the FCC require regulations which say we can't use profanity. So here's what's coming out this week uh, from December 4th through December 10th. And I'm going to throw the proverbial dart at the old dartboard here. And uh, Lord of Misrule is the first movie. A priest begins a desperate search when her daughter goes missing during the local harvest festival. As she uncovers secrets from the town's dark past, she must decide how much she's willing to sacrifice to rescue the girl from the grip of evil. Evil. And the synopsis makes more sense than the trailer. Yeah. Would it hurt have hurt to throw a little context into either... Was a priest from the town? <laughs> it certainly didn't seem like she knew anyone that was just, and was just discovering that, hey, everyone there here seems to be a pagan deity worshiper. And for all that confusion, I'm giving it a touch brown. What say you, Tony?
6: Oh, Renaissance Festival goes bad as the daughter of priests disappears. Now the trailer does a slow build of suspense and jump scares. However, if you pay attention to the first shot, you kind of get the know you get the facts, Sorry, I'm having uh, feedback on my end. I apologize, guys.
2: Oh, no, no worries. We're not, hearing not to you here. Not
6: get distracted. So. I hear my my oh. awful voice right behind mine. Oof. Let me re let me re situate. Yeah. Um. If you pay attention to the first shot of the creepy noise, oh gosh, the creepy nose guy. You figure out it's him, and then at the church when she asks for prayers, the guy speaks out and says they're coming. And you know he's the mastermind behind the cult. They even show it at the end. The trailer at first looked like it was going to be something creepy, but as time went on, you kind of get the gist in the trailer. So I don't think you need to really go see it and get what you need to have the trailer. So touch Brown for me.
0: Okay, Spencer, what say you?
1: Well, um, I don't think I'm the only one who got uh, Wicker Man vibes from here, <laughs> from this thing. Nope. <laughs> uh, and, okay, and... Uh, it could just be because I'm not uh, any of the religion that has priests, but when did women start being able to be priests and
0: have kids? Since Sinead O'Connor. Huh? Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> it depends on what the, which religion they are, because yeah. there's lots of different Christian ones where there's
0: women oh, priests. Yeah.
1: And I'm not judging that. It's just, uh, it's just uh, it, it feels like...
0: Which is like, kind of funny if you think about it. Sinead O'Connor tears up a pe- picture of the Pope... And then becomes a priest. Mm,
2: well, yeah, but uh,
0: irony.
1: Yeah, this this
0: felt but before like
2: before that, like there were actually priests in other religions before just a Catholic church. It's true. <laughs> yeah, but this this felt like let's do the Wicker Man, but
1: make it a woman protagonist this time. And it really has no interest to me on this. What I mean, the actors look like they could it could be interesting, and it has a good. Uh, You know, spooky vibe to it, but again, it's very wicker, man. If if she if she had screamed, not the bees, not the bees are in my eyes, I might have actually been more excited about seeing it. So, but uh, at at the way where I am right now with it, I'd have to give it a blah at best. Wow. Okay. Wow. I mean, I, I might check it out, but. I'm not
2: gonna. Go, I don't know. Only wait. on Netflix, huh? <laughs> okay. it's just your typical, average, you know, ritualistic, sacrificial movie. Oh. <laughs> um, it it had like so many like tropes over and over again. It was like, okay, I've seen this one a thousand times. Why are we redoing like? Let's steal the kid. Let's sacrifice her. Oh look, there's another deity. Oh look, we're all part of some weird pagan cult. Um, yeah, we've seen it all many, many times. Probably a lot better than this
0: production, so I'm giving it a touch brown. Oh, wow. okay. And it waits in the field for a touch brown. <laughs> all right, well, Tony, what's next? Ask
6: Charlie. Charlie Swift, a.k.a. Fast Charlie, is a fixer with a problem. The target he he's whacked is missing his head, and he must prove that the intended target to the man who paid for the hit. New Orleans' most prominent and most ruthless mobster, Beggar Maccardo, Charlie enlist Marcy Kramer, the victim's ex wife, and a woman with the backbone and skill set Charlie means. Dragging Marcy back into a past she was determined to escape sends the two of them on a wild and unpredictable odyssey that's unexpectedly amusing, action propelled, and ultimately heartfelt. <laughs> okay. Along the way, Charlie and Marcy fight to protect the legacy of Charlie's best friend and mentor, Dan Mullen, while bringing down Beggar his entire operation, and his entire operation. Okay, well, that's pretty descriptive. Bond, James Bond. Okay, Pierce Bronson is back in the GoldenEye Hitman with a terrible southern accent. <laughs> I like the cast with Pierce Bronson and Morena Baccarin, but this looks slow-paced. Bad guy chasing bad guy stuff, trying to redeem his already bad choices. Plus, that accent is a huge turnoff for me, so touch brown. Okay. <laughs> it's terrible. You don't take a British Southern draw. It's terrible.
0: And plus, he's sounding old, too. <laughs> he's sounding real yeah. well
6: old. And he's definitely using just, uh, what is that, hair... Just for men? Oh, <laughs> like oh, man. It's a bad guy job.
0: <laughs> uh, so is this supposed to be a comedy? Because I'm a little lost on what's supposed to be funny about it. And uh, criminals being criminals, and honestly, I can't root for any of them, so touch brown for me, too. Uh, Rob, what say you? <laughs> uh, Remington
2: Steele meets Deadpool's wife. Um, in probably <laughs> <Nice>. the. <laughs> Probably, like, the most horrible, like, gangster movie everywhere. And then they had to throw in James Caan. Seriously? Like, he's actually, like, a good mobster person, and then they, like, threw him in here. It's like, why? Because he's James <laughs> Caan? That was, like, your redeeming quality? No. Touch Brown.
0: <laughs> Spencer?
2: I don't know. I, I, all of y'all are, uh, you know, making making
1: fun of his terrible southern accent, but I I, I love Piss Brown's terrible southern accent. <laughs> It's like he learned how to do a southern accent, and he's just like, "I'm going to use this in every production I can, and, and get as much traction out of this as possible."
0: He, he's too—he's been an actor too long to be that bad in right? an accent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but you, I blame yeah. the dialect coach.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but uh, I, I really like Pierce Brosnan. I've liked him since you know the Remington Steel days. Uh, Miranda, Baccarin—I am a big fan of hers as well, and. And, you know, I mean, who, has, who who? among us hasn't grown up with James Caan in the movies? I mean, so I got to get check this out, especially with it being his last movie. And it looks like it could be fun. So I am going to give this a so-so. Wow! Wow! Okay. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna if, if yeah. I can check this out in the matinee. I'll check it out.
0: You've been hitting the uh, Christmas eggnog this week, haven't you? Oh, that's a signature. <laughs> I, 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 I love a good bad Southern <laughs> Did accent. <your> prescription change <laughs> 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 on your glasses. <laughs> All right. Next, a creature was stirring. Oh. It's supposed to be not a not a, even a creature was stirring, but then in this case, a creature was stirring. Uh, Faith keeps her troubled teenage daughter on a tightly controlled regimen of experimental drugs, their only means of fending off a mysterious, terrifying affliction. But after two burglars attempt to rob the home on Christmas, they stumble upon a long-kept family... St- Who stumbles upon it? They really don't say. A long-kept family secret with monstrous consequences. Rawr. Okay. Uh, so these two introduced characters are trying to rob the house. Well, they get what they deserve, and it's well, it'll be worth watching. Just not uh, in a theater for me. So I'm going to give this one a block because it looks like a, I I I don't mind seeing criminals getting tore up by creatures. That's always a fun <laughs> thing to watch. That's the, that's part of the whole reason why I liked watching Pumpkinhead. But anyway, uh, what say you, Tony?
6: Oh, that's funny. I'm glad that the synopsis told you why they were there. I thought they were just some weird kids that just showed up at this house.
0: I know. So did I. I thought they were like caretakers or she was running (laughs) a bed and breakfast or something. I never read the synopsis. (laughs) (laughs)
6: What? I I thought it was that was a little odd. I'm like, okay, well, are they just trying to hang out with this girl and she's just not feeling well? <laughs> oh. But I, I put, okay, Christmas horror, let's ride. Not Melissa McCarthy is a mom who has a daughter that has a demon in her. Not Seems Muslim. like when the temp hits 102, it wants to break free. Seems like it gets out and jumps host. My thought is, why are these kids roaming this lady's house? And she says, you don't know what it's like to be a mom. And one scene, she's seducing the only guy I saw in the trailer. The Melissa McCarthy, the not Melissa McCarthy, becomes the Beast. This movie really looks lame. Touch brown. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it
1: just looks stupid. Spencer, uh, yeah, like I, I didn't realize that there was that much plot in this. <laughs> I, I I I didn't even read the tra- I just watched the trailer. I didn't read the synopsis, and from, just from watching it, it's, it's, the the trailer is a lot more interesting without the synopsis. Wow! Okay. Yeah, and um, so visually it looks very interesting. I, I, I just on that alone, if it can give give a couple of good jump scares, I'll give it I'll, I'll give it a go on in a in the blah scale.
0: Hmm. All right, two blahs for that one. Uh Rob, what say you?
2: Yes, Kate from This Is Us has now grown up and divorced her previous husband, apparently, um, <laughs> and is now with some girl, that her daughter, who has some weird creature living inside her. Uh, it was a very weird, disturbing, kind of quirky uh, trailer. Um, it did not seem interesting at all. Both me and my wife were just like, uh. <laughs> um, it huh. didn't have, like, I don't know... It, It seemed from the poster I saw was a much better like representation (laughs) than like the trailer, so I'm going to give it a touch brown.
0: Wow, okay, boy, you're flatlining it this week, Rob. He's joining me on
2: the TV trip. (laughs) Yes, boy, I there needs to be a draw in the horror movie for me, and this there wasn't.
0: Wow. See, I thought I thought, I thought, thought it was so weird when the minute she was putting on the headgear, I thought, okay, yeah, she's yeah, going to go 10 rounds. Yeah, I thought she was going to – yeah, and then she, like, was hitting <laughs> her head. Starts headbutting a door. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that's not how you do yeah,
2: it. Yeah, at first it was like, okay, is she, like, on the spectrum? <laughs> and then, no, she's having some beast inside of her that, you know, because, like – yeah, no, I, yeah.
0: You didn't uh, think that full contact I, yoga she was doing was worthwhile? <laughs> full, full I, I
6: can tell you guys, I, I had 101 temp this weekend, <laughs> and I didn't have no headgear, and I did <laughs> have <no head laughs> gear, so. there ain't no beast
0: in me. Not, in <laughs> not anymore. You exercise that, no, Damon. No. All right. I sure did. All <laughs> right, Tony, what is next? I guess the end we start from.
6: When an environmental crisis sees London submerged by floodwaters, a young family is torn apart in the chaos. As a woman and her newborn try and find their way home, the profound novelty of motherhood is brought into sharp focus in this intimate and poetic portrayal of family survival. Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> where am I? I don't care where you are. Touch Brown. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. I'm not too good this week with movies. I
0: guess. Okay, so if I go off the trailer, no, I would not watch this ever. <laughs> the over and over again stated, "Where am I? Where am I?" was so painfully <laughs> redundant in the 50 seconds it was said that. Yeah, Touch Brown. <laughs> ah,
2: Rob. <laughs> I apparently watched a different trailer because I do not have any of that where am I in the trailer I was watching. However, it did not make it any better. Um, It seriously was just like, could this be the most boring movie ever made? And it's like, I felt really bad because they're like, and Jodie Comer gives the best performance of her career. Really? I feel really sad for her because who's going to see this? No one. It's bad. She was, she was great and free guy. That was yeah. about it. Right? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, no, no one's going to see this. No one's going to see her greatest portrayal ever. It looks stupid. Um, I'm giving it a touchdown. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I saw that <laughs> one coming.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, little doubt
1: on that one. Mm-hmm, Spencer? <laughs> well, uh, we got about 20 seconds, so do, do yeah. we want to.
2: Well, can you well, do it in 20 seconds or no? Where
1: well, are you? This wasn't, even, <laughs> this wasn't even a trailer, it was a trailer. Uh, so so basically I could just give you my opinion I'll, okay I'll, I'll give you my opinion like how this trailer went it's a touch <laughs>
6: and that
1: I guess means we'll brown,
0: brown. alright the first big brown streak <laughs> goes to the end we start from but when we get back It'll, we'll get to the big 400-pound gorilla-la-la-la la la in the room this week, which is poor things. Uh, can't wait to get to that one. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be back with more movies with Mr. Tony, Tony Sanfilippo once we get... Whoa. Our, uh, so we'll be back with more. We're in Mr. the tunnel. tunnel. Yeah, I am. Uh, oh, I'm out of the aluminum can. Yeah, we'll be right back. We are going over movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Movies coming out December 4th through December 10th. Today being December 3rd. And let's recap Lord of Misrule. Uh, Spencer gave it a blah. Everybody else gave it a touch brown. Fast Charlie. Spencer gave it a so so. Everybody else gave it a touch brown. A creature was stirring. Uh, Spencer and I gave it a blah. Tony and Rob gave it a touch brown. <clears throat> the end we start from is a big brown streak, which brings <laughs> us to the poor things, which is the 400-pound la la la, la 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 in the room this week. La-la-la. La-la-la. la, and, la, and, la, uh, la, la. All right, Sorry. let me see if I can say this name without conjuring a demon. Uh, From filmmaker... Oh. Uh, if I can see if I can... Without conjuring a uh, creature, that's going to be story. <laughs> uh, from filmmaker Yorgos Lathamios... And producer Emma Stone comes the incredible tale of a a fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist Dr. Goodwin Baxter. Under Baxter's protection, Bella is eager to learn, hungry for the worldliness she is lacking. Bella runs off with Duncan Wenderburn, a slick and debauched lawyer aren't they all, on a whirlwind adventure across the continents, free from the prejudices of her times, Bella grows steadfast in her purpose to stand for equality and liberation. And that's the synopsis. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I thought that Tim Burton's Edward Scissorhands was a weird take on the Frankenstein mythos in a Susian sort of way. But this one has, a, has it beaten in an extreme drug-fueled frenzy. I don't know if I would want to watch it or not quite, honestly. Uh, so I would have to say at best, I will give this a blah. Tony, what say you?
6: Wow. Uh, Gwen Stacy, Hulk, and the Green Goblin starring in a weird artsy <laughs> movie where Emma Stone is a female Frankenstein. She's Frankenstein. To be human. Sorry, This is definitely not my type of movie, but this movie, you have to give it, uh, it's very creative, artsy, and you can tell it's aiming for awards. It um, has a great cast. Um, that whole weird scene where Emma Stone was apparently making love, that was a weird, just a weird image in the whole, Bella! Bella! Still yeah, it wasn't for me, so I'm going perfect this week, perfect streak touch brown. All right. Wow.
0: <laughs> Flat line Tony.
6: It's, it's rare. It's rare to do a perfect touch brown city, yeah, Full Street.
0: For yes. you, yes.
6: Uh, for <laughs> me it is. Yeah, for for the everyone, but this week, oof.
0: All right. <laughs> Spencer what say you?
1: Well, <sighs> yeah. see, this is the one
0: I think I thought you would at least go blah on, but anyway.
1: Yeah, this one it's it's a weird one, and I do like weird. Sure be. But yeah, it's kind of got like the, the font they use for everything kind of reminded me of Barry Sonnenfeld. Then it has kind of Wes Anderson set dressing vibe. And then, and then like, and then everybody, you know, like Tim Burton circa Edward Scissorhands. And then it was like, uh, if, uh, if the original Frankenstein had a happy ending and the monster took over after uh, Dr. Frankenstein's footsteps and then decided to make a monster of his own. (laughs) So, it's just it's just weird, <laughs> uh, but it is a weird looking movie. Yeah, but it, it is distinct, and this will uh, do what uh, the primal the, the prime directive of any movie is to not be boring. And this looks like many things. Boring is not one of them. Uh, but I will not. I, I will give this a blah because if I'm going to watch this, I will watch it at home.
2: Okay, Rob. Um, Yes, actually. I'm actually quite excited about this movie. It looks intriguing to me. Um, I like the premise. It looks like it's in the vein of Big Fish. Um, So it has that kind of like whimsical yet brightly colored world. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the fact that she is... um, Has no qualms about what she says. You know, I love the fact that she just spits out what she's eating and they're like, look at her. And she's just like, why bother keeping my mouth if it's revolting? It's like, true. Yes, exactly. Why keep it in your mouth if it's revolting?
0: How come I (laughs) act like that? And everybody thinks someone. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Um, So
2: it looks very funny. It looks very funny. It looks quirky. Looks great. I can't wait to see it. And then I will soon go and punch that baby. (laughs)
0: You're <laughs> all right,
2: punch a baby, wow. yeah, that was I thought actually that made me laugh out loud. That was the best part. The best part about it was the fact that she said it like it was normal conversation, like there was like, oh, now I'm going to go punch that baby, like
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that one. so what, what do you give it? I'm giving it a good all right. oh wow, all right, so the uh four three hundred pound gorilla lives up to its uh billing, Rob gives it uh poor things. Rob gives it a good, Spencer and I give it a blah, and our resident movie critic gives it a touch, blonde, touch brown, <laughs> <Blown>. <laughs> touch brown. brown, touch touch brown, brown. touch brown, all right, so those are the movies that are coming out this week, and uh, so next week, December 11th through December 17th, I can only find three movies, Tony, what the heck, I mean, uh, usually, right, usually that's reserved for the actual week of Christmas, not the week before right. Christmas, right? Um, but uh, here's the hideous stuff that's coming out. Um, I can already tell you, this one's going to be a touch brown. Wonka. Wonka. Yeah, that's. I can tell you right now, that's a touch brown. Yeah, 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 yeah you have uh, Paul Trades uh, going into the prequel candy prequel, business. Prequel, it's right? weird. Uh, uh, two people were talking at once. <laughs> what did you say, Tony? Prequel, right? Yep. <laughs> yes. Prequel yeah. to the I prequel, nobody decision. won. If
6: it's a prequel... Jimmy gives the instant test brown. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, He he's very uh very clear about his opinion on most prequels. Yes. Well when
0: it was yeah. stupid. Who wants a prequel to Wonka? Who needs a prequel to Wonka? I'm intrigued to see Hugh Grant as the um like head oompa Yeah. Oompa. Oompa <laughs> yeah. Uh, who needs a prequel to Willy Wonka? Why not?
2: At least it's not a remake of a movie that we've seen 13 million times. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay, Eric, I'm sure it will. It <laughs> will what? I can't say it on the air. Ooh. It's, a wor- it's one of those oh, words. Wow. It- it's one of those Go words Eric. that we in a sentence. No, he says, I oh. am not sure it will blank. Oh, I am sure it will.
6: <laughs> he's probably saying he's sure it will do well in theaters but Yeah, I'm sure it'll have an audience of some sort.
0: I don't know why. <laughs> it's it looks Dude, stupid. That, what, it looks CGI you garbage! The to review on here? Huh? I haven't even. I haven't have even. The movie to review on here? Oh well, there's, no. This there's one's, an audience for some
2: of these things. Oh, yep. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he's like is one that of that the. Little, he's like the hottest ticket right now. So, but still,
0: <laughs> that is the dumbest looking movie ever. All right. Um, it, it does look pretty lame. Uh, Rebel I, 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 Moon Part One A Child of Fire. Um, just anime? Like... No, uh, Zach Zack Snyder's Star Wars oh. movie. Okay. Zack Snyder's wannabe oh. Star Wars movie. Okay, well. This was his. This was his vision for lightsabers his, and yep. all. Yeah, well,
2: because he was supposed to direct one, and this was his entire. Because remember, this we were was talking his pitch earlier. And he
0: told him no. Yep. Uh, going in a different anyway, direction. <laughs> okay, two people talking <laughs> once again. I go, what was that, Tony?
6: So he went ahead and made one
0: anyway. Yep. <laughs> yes, he did for Netflix, and it's going to be a three-part oh, movie. So yeah, this is part one. Oh boy. And angel baby. I, um, I don't know what this one's about. So it's yeah. about a baby angel <laughs> that probably <laughs> sounds like gangsterish. Cat- actually, like, <laughs> naughty
6: teenagers.
0: <laughs> no, wrong kind of movie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have us review yeah. one of those. <laughs> 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 wrong channel for that. <laughs> no,
6: <laughs> you Let's have horror. <laughs> you have a trope. <laughs> those naughty, promiscuous teens, they get destroyed by a
1: demon.
2: Or by to the to angel baby. Around. Demon night, <laughs> but, but by Angel <laughs> Baby, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, not that kind of movie. Um, but yeah, I have no idea. Well, maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, so, Tony, uh, I know that uh, you will not be able to join us on Christmas Eve. So I will um, not be here for the eve of the Christmas. So next week is your last week with, with us, uh, and uh, new, oh, so, so we, we get will, those three wonderful ones. Yeah, so you'll be with us for those three, and that's it. And then we will see you uh, the first sh- first show in first Sunday in January. Yes, I will be there for that. So, um, so uh, we'll we'll say all our goodbyes then next week. Then oh, okay. Right. Yeah, cuz
1: it would be awkward to say goodbye now and then see him next week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I'll be here next
6: week, you know.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, sir. Well, you have a good evening and get better soon.
6: Oh, thank you, fellas. Uh, yeah. do you have any questions you want to ask me? Is there any
2: challenge? Um, oh, did he did you did you get the question of the week? The question. Oh, um, oh yeah, because Well, everybody got the question of the week I know, week but so did far. he know it? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, last week's was pretty easy. Uh, All right,
1: well, who was the voice of the grown-up? Uh, Ma- hold on, let me... Okay. Up. Up. Ted okay, Mosby. Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother.
2: Oh, that's Bob Saget. There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm the only one on the planet who didn't know that. Well, Eric in Whittier, <laughs> California, know didn't know it either, but I, the, oh. uh, the two of us are the only oh, ones yeah, on I the definitely planet who didn't know that. Know that so All know. right,
1: so now yeah. now the big question is, were you satisfied with how How I Met Your Mother ended? <laughs> no.
0: Did you ever watch the How I, I,
1: I did. I did watch How I Met Your Mother. Um, it's considered one of the worst time. TV finales and in we history. It. it was terrible.
6: The whole season nine was pointless.
1: I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah.
6: <laughs> and if you guys, obviously, if if you haven't seen it, maybe you shouldn't listen to no. the spoilers. But if you were just going to try to hook it's him up with Robin the, the whole time, <laughs> right? Just why did why did we have to go that long to get there? Yes, and her being married to Barney made no sense. I mean, yeah, the whole last season yeah. was a train wreck.
0: What she was married to Barney? Yeah, she was married to Doogie Howser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in that, wasn't he?
2: Mm-hmm. See, I never. Yeah, that
6: he funny, was. So. You know, that show was very entertaining for a while. It was good. It just as it, the later seasons, as they kind of dragged it out, you could tell they ran out of stories and how they were going to tie this together. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, it's like the last two seasons. It's like. The the series finale reset everybody back to like season seven.
6: <laughs> yes, they should have just cut it off there. There's there's like a certain there's a good point when the story's just over. It's a good time to just call it.
1: Yeah, Which but they, they like did. money. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> well,
6: they do. Like Walking Dead, they oh, they said they ended it, but they went in all these different directions, and they still didn't tell you what caused the whole thing.
2: Well, that's because uh, uh, Robert Kirkman still has it. Said,
1: "Actually, no, uh, yeah, they well, did. They did cover that ever, actually." Ever-ending thing. It was a it was a spore from space that got in somebody's ear or something, and then it just kind of spread from there. Spore, spore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Well, uh, you get better. Uh, hopefully it's not snowing and being all garbage weather out there. And, uh just cold. Yeah, uh, uh, it's cold. Uh, cold too. is enough, really. It's cold
6: and miserable here in Colorado. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's cold and miserable here, too. It's 23 <laughs> degrees right now and clear in Carson City, and that sucks.
6: <laughs> oh, yeah, especially when you're only at 23 degrees. That's not
0: good. No, it's not. All yeah. right, sir. Well, you, well, you get better.
6: All right, sounds good. You guys have a good rest of your show. All I look forward to uh, being on next week.
1: All, all right. We look forward right. to talking to you again, getting your opinion on these three gems. All right.
0: Uh, oh, for, I can't wait. Don't forget to watch the <laughs> game tomorrow night. Big one. Oh, it is the big one, yes. For me, yeah, it is. I hope your Jaggies <laughs> win, man. Me, too. So, so, Where are they playing? Yeah. Uh, they're playing the Bengals. In, in, oh, so. yeah. The uh, supposedly yeah. toothless and claw- declawed Bengals, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see. The Jaguars have a tendency <sighs> to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. So, so like the Broncos, you we
6: were riding yeah. that hot streak and then. Yeah. Start yeah. off the wagon today.
0: I was hoping they would win today, too. I really was. Ah, they, were, they came close at the end, but. Yeah, just not enough game time.
6: <laughs> not enough to win. Hey, right now the Chiefs are still losing, so that's good. We got five minutes left.
3: Yeah,
0: yay! yay. <laughs> but
6: you never know. It's uh, five minutes, and the Chiefs have the ball. Anything oh, can happen. Boo! Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. yeah, look what the look, look what Geno Smith did uh, to the Cowboys. I mean, what was it? Three touchdowns in twenty six seconds. Yeah, I mean anything can happen, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. there's a reason they're, they're say they say Andrew the right?
6: they, The NFL can't afford to let the Chiefs lose tonight. They got Taylor yeah. in the building. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. miraculous win by the Chiefs at the end here.
0: Oh, uh, see, but, but uh, uh, <sighs> uh, crying always brings more viewers. So let them lose oh, and make a cry. How are crying on TV? <sighs> Yeah, oh, I probably. like that. <laughs> let's wow. Let's do that. Well, there, there's a lot of... I don't of of to cry, but I, I just want to see the Chief lose. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's a lot of cynicism <laughs> flowing, and I am here for it yeah. and happy. Wow. I, wow. Okay. I don't
6: mind Taylor, but, man, forget the Chief.
0: <laughs> All right, sir. You have a good night. Get better. I we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, fellas. Talk to you
6: next week. Later. <laughs>
0: All right. So Dungeons and Dragons has announced two new adventure books for 2024. Uh, During a panel at PAX Unplugged, Wizards of the Coast announced Visna, Visna? Uh, Eve of Ruin, and Quest for the Infinite Staircase has two adventure-themed books that will be released in 2024. Visna, Eve of Ruin is a campaign that takes players up to level 20 in a multiversal adventure against Visna. While quests from the infinite staircase features updated classic adventures in an anthology format similar to tales from the yawning portal, quests from the infinite staircase also introduces a new cosmic level bad guy into the D and D canon. Both adventures will be released in 2024. Also announced was descent into the caverns of. Okay, oh, also into out. the caverns of Tos. Kante. I, I was about to say this word, and I thought I was resurrecting or bringing up a, a Cthulhu-level <laughs> demon here. Uh, T-S-O-J-K-A-N-T-H. to Am I even close? I have no clue. Yeah, All right, so that man. is a word with which I am unfamiliar. <laughs> You'd yeah, have to
2: see it because sometimes if it's TS, a lot of times the T is actually silent, depending on what language. So, yeah.
0: Um, it's D&D language and a single new single session adventure that can be played at stores and conventions. Huh.
2: Stores and conventions. Yeah. Looks like soy <laughs> count, but it uh, still means nothing to me. You can't play it at home,
0: I guess. Uh, no, you can't. It has to be played in stores or conventions. Uh, this is the first of several adventures meant to celebrate play that will be released at Wizards and can even be played in a tournament-style format. Oh, okay, Under Tournament D&D? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's weird. It is. Uh, and uh, that means that it is uh, time for us to a uh, top of the hour break. Uh, thank you for listening to this point. And if you missed any part of the show so far, you can catch it on the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast brought to you by 97 and Now Productions on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we'll be back with our big interview with Mr. Peter Pei-Wan Chow Woo! from Immortal Studios. We'll be talking about the launch of his Kickstarter for his comic books. So don't go anywhere. That big interview is coming up next. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show with titles like Adapt, Assassin G, Immortal Swordman, and Fei Shing. Am I pronouncing those correctly?
5: You're doing pretty good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> How yeah.
1: yeah, he has a he has a habit of uh, slaughtering I am, I am, things to the point where it sounds like he's summoning Cthulhu.
0: You know, I have I've been uh, trying to master the English language for 53 years now, and I'm failing miserably. <laughs> And I was born here,
5: so you're doing you're doing so well. Uh, Thank you for
0: trying. I can honestly say that I am a, I am a product of the public education system. So yeah, um, but anyway, um, on the phone with me, he has a Kickstarter going on right now for the issue number two of all four of those titles. And on the phone with me right now is Mister. Peiwan um his first name is Peter but he goes by the name Peiwan which is uh is that your middle or last name or it,
5: it, it's actually it's um I went on a ancestral trip to China and discovered that my name my Chinese name is actually part of an unbroken lineage. Oh wow. That was deeply touching and inspiring and um I decided to use it just as a way to be connected to my ancestry because I think it's a very cool thing so Yeah. I have the unenviable task of having many of these conversations every day, even reminding my family members, hey, yes, you've known me as Peter all my life, but I'm trying to bring back this name. It's meaningful. Here's a little story. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm now doing it with you and our readers. And and, um, I think it's a very cool thing.
0: That's awesome. And you have an event coming up as well, too. Um, we you... do.
5: We, we've had. We've been busy at Immortal Studios. <laughs> um, we just hosted, actually, the head of the Shaolin Temple and all the major top warrior monks for people who liked who like kung fu would remember and are old enough. You've already established yourself as probably remembering this. Remember when David Carradine was in the movie, the television show Kung Fu? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that was based off of the, the real legend of the Shaolin monks, etc., which has been a major force in global pop culture for for as long as global pop culture has been around. So we're talking, like, of course, um, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, um, all the 70s kung fu films, and people also loved the 36 Chambers of Shaolin. People who loved hip-hop would know the Wu-Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. So... We actually hosted an event called Immortal Shaolin for a thousand people here in Los Angeles where we were given the mantle by the Shaolin Temple and the, and the abbot himself to define the next generation of kung fu for global pop culture fans. So that was one of the events we recently did, but we have a, a virtual town hall coming this Thursday. Just to kind of say hello to people who are interested, who want to know more about what we're doing at Immortal, because this is obviously a lot more than a Kickstarter the beginning of a new story verse that we are very ambitious, ambitiously and aspirationally calling, turning the page on superheroes, because I think this is a moment for whether you are a pop cultural fan and loved um, the Marvel and DC universes for as long as you can remember, but lately just not feeling the vibe, not feeling the same or you've loved or you have kids who've kind of gone into anime and manga and have begun to love that, whether it's Um, You know, Dragon Ball Z, uh, My Hero Academy, Naruto, um, all of those different stories that have kind of the martial arts fantasy vibe in the middle. Or you are a diehard martial arts fan. You love Bruce Lee, you love Avatar The Last Airbender, you love John Wick, you love Star Wars. And so we're putting it all together in an ambitious, interconnected world that is now available on Kickstarter. All of these have individual stories. Um, that have been successfully launched on Kickstarter before all of them have received the Kickstarter love kind of recommendation and we're incredibly fortunate to have fans who really love what we're doing we we, we have historically funded within the first 24 hours and this campaign is no different but we are now kind of pulling the pulling the the, the, the screen back up until now people have enjoyed individual stories like the adept Chronicles of the Immortal Swordsman, fa Sheng and Assassin-G, but we're letting people know that, hey, they're actually part of a shared universe. And more ambitiously, uh, speaking to the wants and needs of those fans who, who, from those three different sectors, we're saying, hey, enough is enough with the superheroes, the leotards, the intergalactic battle, radioactive spiders as the sources of our strength, and, and also corporations that get to tell us, what the kind of heroes we want, we're turning the page on all of those and um, by creating a story that ultimately is empowering for the individual.
0: So i got a question for you. When you mean by a story-verse um, mm-hmm. and they're in a shared universe, uh, is there a, a plan to uh, – and their their stories intertwined toward et- – characters will appear in other characters comic books yes or is there a plan to bring them all together into like an annual or a singular story book at, at some point
5: yes oh. yes oh. all of those are in the works um i'm glad you asked the question those those things are in the works right now we have more heroes to launch uh we're just starting with what we call the foundational titles they kind of set up the universe and you know one of my pet peeves with the fantasy genre and superheroes as of late, it's almost as though everything goes, right? Here's a fireball, here's this technology, here's this thing. <laughs> Nobody really has to earn anything anymore. and There's no more rules of the universe. and And we wanted to bring back some of that believability. So we've actually created like four different layers. And each of them have their own rules and metaphysical rules. So it's kind of like, you know, Black Hawk was... With um, before they they're, you know, they're different types of heroes. So we're bringing all four of these together. And there's a lot of shared elements. And um, one of, I'm calling in from Los Angeles today. We've chosen L.A. as the new Gotham. So there's kind of a West Coast that I guess you guys in Carson City are part of the Californian or West Coast vibe.
1: Well, cool I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, um, Eric from
0: uh, Whittier, California. Whittier,
1: he's asked, He's wondering if you ever visited... Uh,
0: uh, we're trying uh, to pronounce this. Silai <laughs> Temple.
5: Silai Temple. Yes. It's funny, it's funny he should say because I am calling in from Hacienda Heights. I'm, I'm less than a mile from Silai Temple. Oh.
1: oh, so I'd say that's a yes then. <laughs> <laughs>
5: that, that, that is a yes. Yes, in fact... Um, It is where I often will do my lunches, because there is a great uh, vegetarian lunch there for $10, um, for people who don't know, and the Shilai Temple is one of the, I believe physically it's the largest Buddhist temple in North America, so it's actually quite a sight, and um, because I'm not a Buddhist, but I love Buddhist philosophy and ideas, and it's certainly part of the mystique of Kung Fu, is the extra dimension of spirituality, of discipline, of calmness, of power, tapping your inner power. So, so, kind of the Buddhist ideas, not, not Buddhism itself, but kind of the Buddhist ideas are a big part of what animates our unique martial heroes in the immortal story verse. Taoism so, being the other one. Okay. You know, Taoist philosophy and ideas which gave rise to the notion of immortality, which is... The main thread in Chronicles of the Immortal Swordsman, when a young guy in actually Southern California
3: mm-hmm.
5: is awakened to his previous lives as an immortal and now he has to bring it all back. But the difference is that he's not bidden or he's not given this big relic, he has to earn it,
3: mm-hmm.
5: which is another piece of what we're doing to improve kind of the, 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 the superhero universe where now powers are so easy. Yeah, and they right. never have to be earned, and, and they, you know, it, it, so, so in that way, we really are leaning into our mission, which is to awaken the hero in everybody. I think this is a, a crazy time in history right now. We're all going through something, mm-hmm. and, there's, you know, and, I, and I can't think of a better time than pop cultural stories that actually kind of support the individual and the people we want to be. And um, and also kind of the philosophical practical basis on how you actually do that with characters you identify with.
0: And so this is you're putting out right now the Kickstarter is for the second issue of all four titles. Um, Some of them,
5: three of them are the second issues, and for the adept which we launched the, the universe with, is already the third issue. Ah, oh, excellent. Yeah, just yeah. Um,
0: I just saw that if I only scrolled down a little further. So,
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes. no, like we're, we've successfully fulfilled all of these campaigns. And, and instead of, you know, up until now, we've talked about every story in a very singular way and the way that they deserve and they have their own set of fans. We're now just pulling back the, 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 um, the screen a little bit to say, hey, by the way, we're actually part of a shared universe. They're part of an interconnected world. Whether it's Fa Sheng, which takes place during the Boxer Uprising in 1900s, Assassin G, and the synth pop, you know, atmospherics of, of San Francisco in 1982, mm-hmm. to the adept and chronicles of the immortal swordsman, which are all modern day. They're actually all interlinked, and they bring together all the various subgenres that I talked about, from grounded action to high fantasy and everything in between. So it's. It's actually an, an incredibly ambitious undertaking, which has never happened before. So, and it's it's really something, and I think it's for for that and 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 our desire for authenticity and transformation that even attracted the head of the Shaolin Temple to essentially want to partner with us.
0: Well, now I'm kind of curious: how are you going to link these four comic books if the characters in some of the two of them are set in?
1: Completely eight, different time frame. Yeah, and, you know. t- and completely well, different time periods.
0: A,
5: well, a, a, well, I don't want the, the explanation.
0: T- I'm just curious now how it's going to happen. It makes it intrigues me well, how else, this is going to work
5: I, out. I, I would say then then you should get those books and find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to. Good answer. Good <laughs> answer. Yeah. But I will tell you, I'll just throw out a few possibilities. Cool. One is that Um, the metaphysical concept of reincarnation does exist within the immortal story verse so it is possible for the same soul to have different human experiences Um, so that is one possibility the other possibility true to the name of immortal studios immortality also exists so if you reach a certain level of your own heroic cultivation you actually you may not you may not you know, live forever, but you live a lot longer than, than normal, Hmm. the possibility of extending your life. Hmm.
3: Um,
5: so so. those two are possibilities. And then there's also, this is a really big one. You know, they could be parents of future Hmm. people who future offslings could become significant characters in the immortal Storyverse.
3: Um,
5: so there's some possibilities of why they're interlinked. We're also kind of telling the larger story of how um, the future of Kung Fu and the passage of Kung Fu and, and how a lot of these esoteric knowledge has went underground and um, eventually reemerges. So it's actually, it's an incredibly ambitious world and um, we're very interested in connecting with people who read this stuff because we actually invite them to be part of the immortal community. Um, we've actually have different groups where I would spend time with a lot of our readers and actually get their take and recommendations. So they essentially get to, you know, I wouldn't say they help. They, they, they help us. They can, they can, you know, they're, they're certainly part of the equation. As I look around the table in, the, in, a, in an immortal conference room, many Seats are occupied by our fans, and we really do want to hear from them.
0: So, I got a ton of questions still to come, but I got like a minute and 45 seconds until we have to take a hard break. Uh, Can you stick around for another segment? Sure. Okay, amazing how fast 20, 20 minutes goes by, isn't it? Has it been
5: 20 minutes already? Yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, yeah. sorry about the monologue. Can... <laughs> oh, no, 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 don't be sorry. Makes, it, makes
1: an interview easier on us. Oh, yeah, yeah i
0: you know.
5: passionate about this. I, I, yeah,
0: I mean, we still haven't really gotten, dug it really into the uh, Kickstarter that's going on. And by the way, if you'd like to uh, check out uh, the Kickstarter for the um, – for that's going on for immortal studios you still have 12 days left and there is a lot of interesting perks unfortunately the uh higher end tiers are already taken uh which is kind of sad uh which included a uh, um a private zoom call that's already gone um there's none left on that one the next uh, really? the, the early it bird
5: open it back up <laughs>
0: <laughs> um the uh early bird uh new comics and variants um i think that looks like that one's still open um yet yeah, um so like we it. have
5: four amazing books and a lot of from from some of the top creators and artists um in the indie comics business today or even frankly from the superhero world so it's um
1: uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the at the website right now and I'm looking at some of the sample pages of the Adept. Yeah, they're green, the art, aren't they are and the art mm-hmm. is clean and, and it is yeah. beautifully done.
5: it, it is. Uh Yishan Lee who did um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, amongst many other things, did a great job and and we also wanted to have kind of a, a hybrid um anime manga action style. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're we're yeah. also experimenting with kind of a new look, and as you look between, as you dive in a little bit more, I'm really proud of the fact that we actually hired Jin Ching, who's, who's a 32 generation Shaolin disciple, a Shaolin Kung Fu master in his own right, and the publisher of Kung Fu Tai Chi magazine, All right. To so, be our choreographer. All right, so, so every sequence,
0: everything you see is actually real Kung Fu. All right, sir, I do got to take this hard break. Uh, hang on through the break with me, sir. Um, we'll be right back more with uh, Pei Wong, and we'll be talking more about Immortal Studios and what they have planned for the future after the current Kickstarter that is going on. Remember, you still got 12 more days if you'd like to go and check it out. You can go and check it out at immortal-studios.com. They are also on the Facebook. All of their social media links are on their website, so go check them out, and we'll be right back... Right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And on the phone with us is the founder and creator at Immortal Studios. You can get them at immortal-studios.com. And you can go and check out everything that they are doing. Look at their previous issues of Adapt. The Chronicles of the Immortal Swordsman Assassin G um and uh, can you help me out with that last one? Bossing. Thank you. <laughs> you knew exactly <laughs> which one I was talking about. Um, <laughs> so um, you have the Kickstarter going on right now, and we were talking about uh, the connected story verse that is going on with them and how they're going to be funneling into possibly a uh, connected singular book um, where uh, there all of the, the story arc might actually uh, connect all of the characters into a big storyline, ending storyline. Um, but and when it does get to that point, though, um, because uh, it's been a while since I've seen and uh, during our conversation, um, I, one one storyline and part- one thing in particular sticks into my mind. And uh, it was a series that I really enjoyed because I and I thought it was probably one of the you, you brought up um, um, Kung Fu or yeah, Kung Fu Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Kung Fu. But the more recent one that I thought was really good and probably one of the best produced American series recently was on sci-fi, and that was Into the Badlands. Mm -hmm. And we haven't really had anything like that as far as martial arts um, in in American film or in American television. And those are the only two that really stick in my mind as far as pop culture goes. As far as you know, really good.
5: But there was also. um... There's last the last Airbender Avatar. Yeah, Avatar: yeah,
1: Last Airbender is a really good example of that. But uh, um, there's also
0: Warrior. But did mm. oh yeah, Warrior. I forgot mm. about that one. But that's on Showtime, and a lot of people haven't been able to see that one. Well,
1: mm-hmm. you yeah, it, as it goes to streaming, I'm sure more people it gets more of an audience.
0: But yeah, on Showtime. Well, mm. yeah. <laughs>
5: what about uh, no, no, no? I started. it started on Cinemax. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's on WB. So it, it, look, it's found. But it doesn't negate the point you're trying to make. So please go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm I'm
0: I'm trying to. I can see uh, it, it, if not one but all of your books that you're doing, mm-hmm. um, since they're all interconnected, all all of them having their own series and interconnecting, mm-hmm. kind of like how they were doing uh, with the Marvel series on when they were on um, Netflix. With, mm-hmm. And uh, and they tried to tie all of their shows into going into the Defenders on Netflix, yeah. doing the same thing with uh, with your books and on like mm-hmm. a streaming service. Each like the Adapt and Assassin G having their right. own series and combining into a they're having a, like a movie to tie all of them in at mm-hmm. the end of that. Um, is that something a goal that you're uh, that would appeal uh, to it's you? A ver-
5: it's a variation of it. Just a little bit of background. Before I went into Indie Comics, um, which launched four years ago, I was actually a film producer, or I still am, and you know have also run multiple film companies, investment funds, so I'm actually my own studio head. Mm-hmm. So we decided not to do series, not forever, but for right now, because I, I, I wanted to tell stories that are more cinematic, and I feel like we all have the same amount of time to spend, and... and it's kind of a big investment to go into a series. And I think the series also oftentimes are about juicing that character was we're telling a larger perspective. So we are about to launch the immortal cinematic Storyverse. So all four of these characters, the four of these stories are the basis going to be the first, the first, every one of these stories are, are have a movie development that's, Going on concurrently. So that's another wow. promise to our fans that they don't really have to wait that long. And that this is kind of a ground floor opportunity, inviting people in into doing the next big thing. So it was that combination of verb and commitment and maybe a little bit of just uh, uh, feverish thinking that we're calling this campaign, turning the page on superheroes. Awesome. I think it's a moment to, to, to say, Hey, Our modern life deserves something that's really reflective of our thinking, our goals, and our aspirations, and also what's come before it. It's been a great ride with superheroes. We've all spent a lot of time, and we'll probably continue to spend some time moving forward. But the energy, the excitement has left the building.
1: Yeah, one cannot live by spandex alone.
0: (laughs) No,
5: exactly. Can I quote you on that? Absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be a funny quote, Spencer from uh, Pop Culture Boom. When did you not live on spandex? the name, but exactly. There,
5: there comes a time when when you need a little bit of cotton, yeah, you know. Uh, and, and well, you know, I remember so
1: as a, I remember as a kid, you know, all I did was read superhero comics. You know, I didn't even mm-hmm. uh, even read like the Disney ones. I just read superhero comics. Really? And, yeah. And I'll when I, I and when I was exposed to my first non superhero Mm -hmm. comics i i didn't know what to make of it at first Mm -hmm. but i ended up falling in love with it to the point where i i i I will find any genre i can of comics now Mm
0: -hmm. see i i grew up um and a lot of a lot of the comic books that i read were Mm non-superhero so i a lot of the comic books that i read were mostly horror but (laughs) (laughs) um a lot of them were non non non-superhero so i You know, I, unfortunately, they were like Dick Tracy in the comic strip kind of stuff, yeah. but they were still, and um, mm-hmm. there were some that were actually, uh, I think there was one or two that were actually martial arts based, too, which yeah. was mm-hmm. a kind of an oddity back then, but, you know, I still read them.
1: Oh, yeah, there was, like, uh, Iron Fist, and then, uh, let's see. Master- Iron
0: Fist Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi,
1: Master of Kung Fu, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, of course, if you're movies.
5: interested in all the kind of, the, the Jademan comics Coming from Hong Kong, you know, that was also a huge. So I read a lot of those growing up. In addition to, you know, the Marvels and the DCs. And ultimately, my favorite one was actually about elves. Elves? Elf ElfQuest. Elf Quest. Oh, oh
0: yeah. see, you and I are the only ones that I think that actually like that comic book. I get made fun oh, of for it. liking that love comic love book.
1: Oh, I love that. I love the fantasy. Yeah. I've written in the fantasy genre. You know what? Like I'm
0: going to tell. I'm going to play this back for somebody, and they're going to laugh because I, I get made fun of for liking Elf Quest.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a good one. That wasn't bad. No, at all. But,
5: but, but speaking about this stuff, it's like the the, the martial arts fantasy genre. is actually a really big tent.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, because you were talking about how it's like yeah. uh, influenced is like influenced, sense, yeah. like John Wick, The Matrix.
5: Oh, well, totally Star Wars. Come on, let's yeah. be let's be real here. What is the Force? Did did, did George Lucas just invent the Force, or he? Borrowed it from the chi. Come on, yeah. I mean,
1: because chi is and, in and everything, just like yeah. the force. Well, they borrowed a lot and of the stuff
0: Jedi. From is
5: Jedi the green Buddha or what?
0: <laughs> well, that and a lot of the uh Jedi forms that they use in their uh lightsaber do- fighting mm-hmm. styles mm-hmm. are all based off of
1: yeah. actual yeah. fighting. So, no,
5: forms. no, so there was like a direct you know, let's just say it was it was an homage, but but yeah. you know, there's probably. Less kinder ways of saying it. So oh, yeah. And, and,
1: yeah, and also in uh, Last Airbender, every all, all the different bending forms were based off of, uh, off of different martial arts styles.
5: Yeah, actually, um, my very good friend Kisu was one of my guests at the Immortal Shaolin. I devoted about ten minutes to him. It was he actually inspired the Last Airbender when his students who learned kung fu Shaolin kung fu from him created the series. And then he went on to become the, the martial arts director for the series, adding all of that in. So look, those influences have been there forever and and um, and I think they've been taken piecemeal. or they've you know, a lot of things have been done and, and and it's been great. But I think we're now this genre really deserves its its own imprint and we're seeing that with anime and manga, where this new generation of kids coming on, they actually love this stuff. So it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an idealist moment has come. And I do believe that there's, there's an opportunity for the real essence of this to come through, which is about individual personal empowerment.
0: So, again, uh, the Moral Studios is having a holiday virtual town hall on December 7th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. It's mm-hmm. free for everyone, and you're welcome to join. And as a matter of fact, right now, at this very moment, as I am talking, I am sharing it to the Pop Culture Boom Facebook page. So if you'd like to click on the link and join, uh, feel free to do so. I'm sure they would love Absolutely. to have you guys there. So, um, everybody, go ahead and uh, click on the link, um, Eric, in Whittier, California, if you'd like to join in. Go ahead and uh, do I love so. the
5: fact that he's calling in from Whittier, <laughs> literally five minutes from me.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: five minutes from you, and he's li- and, and and he's listening to a show in uh, Carson City, Nevada.
1: Yeah, so it's de- <laughs> definitely the a roundabout way of getting
5: uh, it. Yeah, there.
0: love it. I but love uh, it. so there you guys go. Um, and uh, we actually have listeners all over the world too. So hopefully this, uh, I love it. You'll get you'll get a lot of people uh, joining in on that. Um, I would love that. Last year, uh, as a matter of fact, you were at uh, uh, the San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, are you planning on being at that again this year? We
5: usually go to San Diego Comic Con every year. Um, I was just part—I was just part of the LA Comic Con this weekend.
3: Oh, congrats.
5: so 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 yes, we're, we're planning on being at San Diego Comic Con. We usually do a series of panels, and um, and we, we, we use that as an opportunity to talk about what's next. Ah, um, but any, but any, but your listeners today are getting some of the content that might have that might make its way to 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 San Diego Comic Con. So it's a special treat for people listening today. I've not talked about, for instance, how we're you know the updates on our cinematic verse. Oh,
0: well, yeah, that's thank awesome. you
5: for the exclusive. I appreciate that. There you go.
0: There um, you do you, go. do you have any um, other con appearances uh, planned in your, for next year?
5: Um. Maybe WinderCon. But pretty much but, in the L.A. But, area. You know, well, yes, San Diego. So um, we are actually looking at doing more digitally just because I think our, 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 our fan base is truly global. The people who have subscribed and, and, and empowered us to enable us to do what we do, literally, they come from all over the world.
1: It yeah, makes sense to me. I mean,
5: yeah. So, so we're, cool. we want to invest in more partnerships, such as like this conversation with you, yeah. um, social media, and and other forms of of digital kind of engagement, so that we could actually we could really scale.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like it's like the old saying: if if Muhammad can't go to the mountain, you ring the mountain to Muhammad. Very cool. so I love That's, it. A, that's how it, <laughs> digitally you are ring the mountain to Muhammad. Yes. Very true. Yes.
0: Well, sir, um, I am getting close to uh, about four minutes left until I have to take my, uh, we well, have to call it an evening with you. I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, um, so with uh, one last thing, have you thought about venturing into the video game realm?
5: Yes, we have. <laughs> Boy, you, you got all the talking. Yes, we, we, we are actually in development on our first game. Right on! Mm-hmm.
1: Excellent. Uh, yeah. What kind of game were you
5: were you thinking? It's going to, it's going to be an RPG uh, style style game. Um, so for people who might have enjoyed um, uh, League of Champions, mm-hmm. that was available on Kaboom, and, and so we're, we're it's going to be a kind of an uh, arena style action game but it's really going to be centered around empowering our users to create their own ideal heroes.
1: Mm, excellent.
5: Yeah. In, in, in kind of a unique immortal fashion, taking advantage of our immortal story verse ethos. <laughs> that's learned mm-hmm. from these four titles.
0: The re- reason why I'm chuckling is Eric and we California says a cyberpunk RPG. <laughs> <laughs>
5: there you go. There you go. Hey, I, well, you have listeners on. I would love to take a question if if, if someone has a question, or we're really out of time.
1: Um, um, we're, we only have about two and a half minutes, a little less than two and a half um, minutes now. So.
0: That would depend if, if someone <laughs> wants to if, call if in. Somebody, yeah, can, if somebody I mean, can call in real quick. Whoever wants to call in 775-515-4141. But
1: there there is something I really like about uh, like this, and then uh, if you remember back, uh, back in uh, back in the summer, we were talking about lumpia with a vengeance. Yes, how. Cool. You know, they bring the bring the the a culture that they, that they've lived in and love, and are and are sharing it with uh, with other people. And but in the case of Lumpia with a Vengeance, it's kind of a fun, kind of pseudo superhero thing. And then you have uh-huh. the, then you have uh, the Immortal Studios doing doing the yeah. the wuxia style stories, and we're, we're
5: and actually I, developing our first yeah. Filipino hero because there's so many salut you know, colleagues inside Immortal, actually, so Limpian with a Vengeance really resonates with me. Yeah,
1: yeah and, <laughs> I, and, I, and I just love how it connects with, how you go out of your way to make sure you connect with the fans and talk with fans. That is, that's something that, like, you know, Marvel and DC don't really do. Yeah, you know, so, so, actually actually. yeah. They actually
5: encourage it, actually. They, they if they can do it without people, they they would prefer that. But, wow. <laughs>
0: Well, that's not how you do it, though. I mean, no. the, the whole it's like this show. I, I I make it a point to make you know for people to reach out and you know, the, and I wanted to be here for people to talk about their fandoms and everything. And uh, you'd be surprised, you know, what all of the questions and everything that I asked you about uh, what's mm-hmm. going on with everything that you do. I have no right. notes. I I don't take notes, and I don't have any uh, pre um, pre written down questions. Everything's off the top of my head.
5: Well, it's best to be spontaneous.
0: That's totally... <laughs> so, oh, yeah. when and, re- and I'm
1: looking, and I've been looking through your website and your Kickstarter as mm-hmm. we've been speaking too, and just being so impressed with everything I'm seeing, and 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 how you're talking about how you want to connect with fans and everything. It's amazing.
0: Really has that on there? <laughs> See, I got to look well, at this we, stuff more. We, we, we
5: actually, you know, one of our one of our core ethos was was what we call radical fan engagement. Even using the word fan, I think it's, I mean, it, 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 it's, I mean ultimately these are real human beings with 24 hours in a day and limited resources like you and I. And, you know, I, I don't take it for granted that anybody is willing to spend time, energy, and resources to, to be part of what we're building. That's incredibly valuable and honoring. So I think that's the appropriate attitude to have.
0: Well, sir, it was an honor and a privilege to have you on the show with us today to talk about the Immortal Verse. Um, if everybody would like to go and check out immortal-studios.com um, and also go check out the current. Kickstarter that they have going for all four of their ongoing series um, you can go and check it out you can donate uh, or contribute any amount, they have a lot of different tiers and a lot of different perks um, a lot of really cool stuff also they are followed on the Facebook by the Pop Culture Kaboom so at least give a like and a follow to Pop Culture Kaboom and we'll be right back with more Pop Culture Kaboom honor and privilege to have you on sir uh, best of luck Thank in you all your adventures time. and anytime you post it will be put in the Pop Culture Kaboom
5: newsfeed. Good to know. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a good
0: night. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Okay. Where were we? We were. We just finished a very lovely interview. Yes, we did. Alright uh, So in the midst Of the Disney Lorcana Rise of the Floodborne launch Disney has Exclusively revealed To oh, We have a caller Something that I'll Have to finish later uh, Hello caller You're on The air What's your name And where are you Calling from
7: Well this is Mark Helton From 97 And now Production <laughs> Mark!
0: Mark Surprise <laughs> How are, are you sir
7: not, You forgot about us <laughs> No, no. Don't you ever forget
0: about me. Don't okay.
2: don't don't you. Ever. Forget oh, about. Oh, no, no Rick rolling,
0: no Rick rolling. No, it's not Rick rolling. <laughs> That's it's, Breakfast uh, Clubbing. Yeah, I know. I'm t- Breakfast Clubbing. <laughs> okay, sir, uh, I did tease that you would be calling a, doing a surprise call uh, to give us some information about Kaboom Con on September 7th.
7: Yeah, 2024, we're, uh, we're closing in on, uh, you know, nine months out, just over nine months out. So it's uh, getting closer, getting closer. Uh, just a couple of quick highlights, if you don't mind, before I announce a couple of things.
3: Okay. Uh,
7: you know, I mean, I could go straight to the announcements if you really want. How now, about uh, I give you one announcement and I'll give you one announcement and then a couple highlights. How about that?
0: Um, how about the highlight first? Uh, so how many vendors?
7: All right, so we currently have 52 vendor exhibitors and artists. Wow, wow! That does not include that does not include the six food and beverage vendors that we currently have on board.
0: Nice. Nice. So 52 vendors, six food and beverage um, providers. Um, okay. So and uh, what is the uh, first announcement?
7: Oh, hold on! I got a couple more
2: things, so just let so everybody know <laughs> you're jumping the gun, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> well, I thought he was going to do we, we uh, have... he's going to do an annou- he was going to do a you know a highlight and then an announcement, and he did two oh, highlights. Okay, fine,
7: fine, fine, fine. I'll give a I'll give an announcement. So the first announcement, literally about 30 seconds ago, I pushed the button. Uh, the uh, art contest application is now live.
3: Yay! Ooh,
7: Just running through that really quickly, the theme for the art contest is First Edition Humble Beginnings. And some examples of what that might look like, a young Bruce Wayne, middle of Crime Alley alongside his parents, or maybe a young Clark Kent jumping through the cornfields of Smallville. Uh, These are, of course, ideas, but you, the artist, you're the creative on this, so make sure to have fun with it. A couple of important pieces that go along with that the artist will be required to pay for their own attendance uh it's not included so and and part of it is they do have to be there in order to collect their prize should they win Uh, all pieces should be no smaller than eight and a half by 11 and no larger than 16 by 20 uh, not including a frame Uh, we do recommend that you frame your piece to prevent it from being damaged along the way Mm -hmm. Uh, the piece must be signed and dated by the artist who created the work the art pieces uh need to be in our possession by no later than 5 p.m. on August 25th, 2024. Okay. The presentation for winners will take place at 4 p.m. at KaboomCon, September 7th, 2024, 4 p.m. on the main stage in the theater, and you have to be in attendance to receive any and all prizes. And if the winner does not follow these guidelines, the next highest-rated participant will be awarded the prizes.
0: Now, will the uh, artwork be uh, kind of gallery-displayed for everyone to view them? That
7: is correct. All posi- all all, pri- uh, I apologize. all provided pieces will become the property of ninety seven now production. We may return them to the artist, or we may use them in other ways, such as for exhibiting, you know, at the event and and maybe even future events. So, um, yeah, they they will definitely be on display um, for people to take in. And likely, you know, if, if pieces come in early, which you know we're given plenty of time here, and I'm hoping some of these pieces do come in early, we can get. You know, them up online for people to be able to see in advance. That would
1: be very cool. Nice. Hmm.
7: So, right. a couple other highlights yes. really quickly. We have no more 8x5 eight, eight booths left. Yay. We are on a wait list. So, if if that is something you're interested in, I do highly recommend putting it in an application ASAP so that you can be at the top of that wait list should a booth become available. We only have four 10x10 10 10 booths left. Hmm. That's it. Wow. So, again, we will go into a wait list just in case some people drop off or anything like that. But uh, as of right now, we, we every, and when I say all of these people are in, it's because they have locked in by paying for their place. Mm. So these aren't 52 potential vendors. These are 52 people that have paid to make sure that they can be there for this event. Uh, cool. another big
0: and these are and these have... are all vendors that are kind of uh, the entire spectrum of the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment.
7: Absolutely. Well, I mean, KaboomCon itself is one of the seven pillars, so I don't think there's going to be a con <laughs> within the con, but we could see
1: if we could make that happen.
0: A con within the con. Well, that'd
1: be uh <laughs> that'd, that'd be mean, that'd be malicious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that'd be interesting. That's that would be meta uh, as
7: heck. Uh, <laughs> one, more, uh, one more highlight for you, uh, Reno Video Game Symphony will be the opening act on the main stage, uh, which will be followed by the cosplay parade of costumes, and then uh, a number of other panels and presentations are being prepared at this time, uh, with more details to follow.
0: Okay. Nice. In- cool. Including a one-hour special um, Pop Culture Boom radio show live broadcast.
7: True. There, there will be that. Uh, there will be uh, a number of other things that are, are in the works, and I'm not going to give them away just quite yet. Uh, I, I mean, the one I can talk about for sure, because I've already talked about it elsewhere, is Murphy's Inc. Uh, will be having a panel and will be world premiering uh, season three, episode one. Um, timing Thank you, thank you. And, and on top of that, it will be in what is known as the graphic novel experience. So not only will you be getting episode one audio to sit there and listen to and enjoy, it will also be by, as uh, I believe Spencer referenced earlier, the guys over uh, that work over on Loompy with a Vengeance, mm-hmm. uh, Lawrence and Diego Iriarte, uh, the dynamic father-son duo, will be creating uh, the graphic novel experience, which will be while the audio is playing, you'll also be seeing uh, comic book uh, representation art showing what is happening in the episode. All
0: right, that's cool. pretty dang cool. Nice. Yeah.
7: So that's that's going to be a fun one. Uh, I'm I'm excited for that. And we we do have a separate room where we will also have uh, multiple panels and presentations. So there's going to be, you know, that's a smaller room where there's, we can fit about, you know, 60 to 70 people comfortably in there. So we we've got a lot going on at this event. Um, and, and more things are still coming. I, I teased on the KaboomCon page that, uh, we have a major comic book artist, uh, from one of the big four. <sighs> he, he has done work, uh, for two out of the big four. Um, and uh, I can't say who it is yet. We're still trying to get everything finalized, uh, but it is happening, and uh, there is likely one or two other big names that will be coming along as well. Ooh, so ooh. Uh, I'm hoping to be able to drop those soon.
2: Awesome. Who I, like know who it is. I like big yes. names. I like big names. Get out of my head! <laughs> wow, yes. and and this playlist you know apparently who too.
0: Um, <laughs> all right, um, so those are some that's some big stuff. All right. Oh, and there's one oh, other... I guess
7: you probably want the the biggest one, right? Yeah, yes. Oh, big, yes, yes, big yes we like the biggest, big one. biggest announcement. Give yes. me a big one. All right, here we go. the The biggest announcement of them all is that tickets will be going on sale January first, twenty twenty four, at midnight.
3: Woohoo! Awesome.
7: Nice. Obviously on here I can't talk about what the price is, but I can definitely say the kids 10 and under are free. Yes. Yay. That's really good. <laughs> I can also say that we have prices events so the whole family can come and enjoy, and it is a family-friendly event. So um, be on the lookout. I will be posting everywhere, and I'm sure you guys will be sharing as well. Uh, the, the tickets will go on sale through Eventbrite. We decided to go legitimate and use an actual known vendor <laughs> for this process. Um, and so, uh, the tickets will go on sale through Eventbrite midnight, January 1st, 2024.
0: Excellent. Pay. Perfect. Cool. So, so, um, I will the, so them going on sale through Eventbrite, will they still be on sale uh, day of? We will, well, theoretically, yes, unless we somehow
7: sell out, uh, which, you know, God willing we will, uh, but, um, we, we. Project that we can accommodate about 1,500 ticket sale for the one-day event. Uh, and wow. so if some if we sell 1,500 tickets in advance of the event, then no, we will not be able to sell day of. Um, but uh, whatever the remaining balance is, so to speak, then yes, we will be selling those day of.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, because we can't violate but
7: I
0: any would of recommend.
1: those fire capacity, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Can't do I that. would recommend buying in advance if you can.
0: Yep. I, so January first, twenty twenty four at midnight. Yes. All right, sir. Big huge huge stuff. And uh I
7: I and, and while I'm here, I do gotta plug the fact that immediately following the <laughs> show, in about seven minutes, Murphy's Inc. will be airing season two, episode thirteen. Yeah.
0: Fix yes. it. Fix it. And actually, that's, uh, right. that's that's what I wanted to talk to you about as well. It says um, over. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. So episode thirteen. Um, there's only fifteen episodes in this season, right?
7: That's correct. Okay. And the fourteen and fifteen. It's really a two part finale.
0: Ooh, awesome. Okay, so this is the last legit episode, and then it gets into the two part finale. Um, so what's going on tonight in episode thirteen?
7: So, uh, to this point, we our team has been in 1518 uh, Alsace, France, what we would call France today. Uh, Strasbourg is the city. Uh, your own Spencer Stoner voices a character in this arc. Um, and our team has been there observing uh, this weird dancing that has been taking place. Uh, this Is, is it the Charlie Brown Christmas special? It's Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> It it kind of feels like that to a degree. So uh, it's an actual historical event that took place called the Dancing Plague. Uh, If you're interested, look it up. We obviously put our own fictional spin on it, but uh, it's a fun one, and and I very much enjoyed it. So we'll be uh, in this episode uh, one way or another. Our team is going to be finishing its time in 1518 um, because uh, they've got other things to take care of.
1: Yes, and Mike took an arrow to the knee in in this show well, that's cuz you uh, were that's dancing. Been better yep. in the
7: recording than whatever that was.
1: <laughs> I didn't get to I didn't get the sing do beforehand, so my was oh, right? Oh, okay,
0: that's what it was. Okay. Uh the Indeed. Spencer shuffle? No, I I think it was more like uh whatever that uh the, the that donkey one... dance from the, Seinfeld? The donkey <laughs> dance. Wow. <laughs>
1: Wow, that that was hurtful. (laughs) (laughs) Dang.
0: Okay, there you are. Okay. Um, Well, sir, uh, thank you for the update. It was huge uh, for KaboomCon 2024 on September 7th, 2024. Um, So tickets go on sale um, through Eventbrite on uh, January 1st at midnight. Uh, very limited tickets for the one-day event, so if you want to get them, uh, then you got to get them now. Um, uh, so, and uh, don't forget tonight, uh, episode thirteen of Murphy's Inc. Uh, only two of two-part f- season finale starts next week, so you definitely want to catch it uh, tonight. Are you okay with it, Rob? Right here. Oh, okay, yeah, it looked like you were going through that uh, whole Star Trek, to Wrath of Khan thing. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like, you know, like I'm Ricardo Multibon at the moment, yes. So, Mark Helton, <laughs> uh thank you, sir, and we will talk to you later.
7: My pleasure, have a good one, guys.
0: All right, a uh, big thank you to our guest, Mr. Peiwon Sh- from Immortal Studios. If you'd like to go and check out their uh, Kickstarter, uh, you go to immortal-studios.com. And uh, you can follow the link to, from there. You can also go check out all of their social media pages with all guests on the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. We follow them, and uh, we encourage you to give them a follow and or a like on Facebook as well, depending on what options are available. As uh, as they post in, the, in news, it is reposted to the Pop Culture Kaboom News Feed. So at the very minimum, give Pop Culture Kaboom a like on Facebook or a follow as well. Next week, we will be talking with the actor, screenwriter, and director, Justin Gertz. His latest film, Zero Hour, will be releasing worldwide on December 15th. And we'll be talking with him about the film, everything about the film, and uh, his future projects, and get his thoughts on the differences between writing, directing, and acting on win feature films. And I mentioned uh, during the break that... Uh, He was the uh, production supervisor for Green Lantern Uh, with uh, Ryan Reynolds.
2: And like I said, Mm
1: -hmm. we aren't going to hold that against him.
0: Uh, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) He actually was the production um, coordinator for a bunch of TV shows that I admired. Yes, uh, that too. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in and please continue supporting Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show live every Sunday night. And if you miss any part of the live show, check out the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions on your favorite podcast platform. And not only get this episode, but also previous episodes and some bonus material that'll be coming up as well. Subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite platform podcast platform also give a like and a follow to pop pop culture kaboom on facebook for everything you want everything you need from pop culture entertainment daily and subscribe to the pop culture Kaboom youtube channel for video interviews from events we have and will be attending on behalf of tony sanfilippo Filippo's horrible reviews Vince knbc spencer rob and i thank you for your support we will talk with you again right here live next sunday 6 to 9 p.m good night